Talk Recorded live. Hello again, dear kinfolk. This is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, once again bringing you another Wednesday night Bible study. And with me, like always, is my good friend and co-host, Obadiah 118. Are you there, dear brother? G'day, Jeremy, and g'day, listeners. Great to be with you once again. Wednesday night, Jeremy? Oh, yeah, indeed. We I forgot Friday night. We keep changing the time schedule. Friday it is. And on the other line, I'm proud to announce that we actually have with us Pastor Paul Mullet from the Church of Jesus Christ Christian Aryan Nations, Ohio. Are you there, dear brother? Hello, can you guys hear me? Absolutely. How you doing? I can hear you fine. I'm doing wonderful, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here. I hope that uh, this radio session tonight will bring the message of Yahweh to our brothers and sisters. Amen. 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 You know, uh, Pastor Mullet, we usually like to begin, the first time someone's on our show, we usually just like to ask, because everyone has a story, and we really kind of want to know how it is that you came to know the Anglo-Israel truth. I mean, that's usually a general question that we ask off off the start. Wow, that's a loaded question. That's a long time ago, actually. Uh I started in the movement, or I actually I became racially conscious at the age of 16, um, and I meddled around in some personal things trying to figure out where I needed to be, and at 17 I joined a clan organization based in Ohio. Uh, many of your listeners and yourself are probably well aware of this individual, but it was the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan based in Harrison, Arkansas. I see. I see. And uh, shortly after that, I attended some functions with them. Uh, I didn't feel that that was where I needed to be, and the Grand Dragon at the time of Ohio introduced me to a Christian identity organization, which I did not know much about. Um, So I went to a meeting, and I decided, okay, this feels a lot more comfortable. It feels like where I need to be. Uh, so I waited, waited uh, probably two weeks before I went back, and uh, the Grand Dragon here had asked me how I liked it, and I told him I liked it very much, and he goes, well, he's got a lot of respect for the gentleman that was running it. That gentleman was uh, Ray Redfern, and the church was located in New Vienna, Ohio. Um, I had gone to that church shortly after he started that church in New Vienna. Um, there were still boxes in the uh, upstairs room where we had our meetings. So it was roughly 17 or 18 uh, when I actually started into the CI doctrine. Nice. Nice. So you actually knew Ray. Uh, I had saw him speak. I had met him. Uh, I had shaken his hand. uh, And outside of that, that was about all we had um, was just the church services um, at the time. I was working as a security guard, so a lot of my time was taken up doing that kind of work. And many a times I had visited the, the church uh, in uniform because either I was coming directly from work or had to go directly to work right afterwards. And given that I was working for a, uh, I guess you could say, a cheap security company that was working in multiple areas, it would take some time for me to get to my location at that time. Sure. 
Sure. Yeah, Ray, Ray, like a lot of them, you know, definitely vilified. And, and I wanted to ask you some about that later, but definitely continue on. Um, well, shortly after that, um, I never officially joined the church under Pastor Ray. I did visit there quite frequently, as a lot of the people that were there actually had done. They they were never real members of the church until later on. Um, I got into some trouble, so I left the congregation and uh, started cleaning that up, and then I went and joined the NSM and found out that definitely was not the place for me to go. So I joined back up with the Area Nations under Pastor Butler and attended a Congress, um, which was his next to his last Congress that he had. Um, and uh, from that point on, you know, I sat back. I went to the Area Nations down there in uh, Georgia under uh, Jonathan Williams, um, and stayed down there for quite a long time, learned a lot down there, learned more about the area nations, and it just felt like a home to me. And, you know, a lot of people who are CI, you have to feel it, you know, in your heart and in your mind and in your soul that that's where you really want to be, and that's where I'm going to stay. That's who I am. I'm CI, and I'm not going to pull myself away from those uh from Yahweh's beautiful word to me. I just, I can't do it. I can't see myself doing it. Uh, I've had some conversation with some brothers recently about maybe doing something different with the church, and I told them, no, uh, we're just not going to do that. Sure. Yeah, it really is a calling of, the, of Yahweh, isn't it, Paul? Because it's not, CI isn't just something that you join, but it, as you said, it's, it goes right down to your very soul. You just feel that connection with Yahweh, and you just know that that's where he wants you to be. And as I like to say on this show, where Yahweh wants you to be is the very best place for you to be. Well, I, I look at it this way. I agree with that statement wholeheartedly, but I believe that I believe it down in your bones. You know, when you actually ache when you're not hearing the word, you need to hear that word. You need to find some place to hear that word, whether it's the radio shows or the websites that are out there. Uh, the best way to do it is just open your Bible. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. And that well, the Bible says thing. the gospel is the power unto salvation, so we need that connection with our salvation, and we need to, you know, Yahweh infuses himself into our spirit through his word. Um, yeah. You know, the Bible says that the word divides, you know, the soul and the spirit. You know, it's it's the dividing line between everything. So we need to, you know, get that sort of spiritual nourishment into us, not just every now and then, but really on a daily basis. Right. And a lot of times, and see, that's one of the biggest problems that I think that a lot of people have with CI is, is they're not fully feeling it the way they should. Um, maybe it's because of the way they were brought into it. Maybe it's just because they say they're CI, but they're really not. Um, they, they believe in the Word, but they don't feel the Word. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I, 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 I understand yeah. what you're saying with that, because it is like... Absolutely, like Scripture says, you know, a lot of these shows, and I've listened to several of your shows as well, and I know you deal with your fair amount of, of trolls and everything, but the fellowship that you have on a lot of these calls, it, it's it's almost, you, you can't even describe it, because it is feeding and uh, nourishing the scriptural or the, the spiritual side of us. 
It is. And, you know, a lot of times we do deal with, and I know you deal with it on a pretty regular basis because I've, you know, listened to your show on numerous occasions, but there are people out there who claim the CI doctrine and really honestly should not claim CI um, because they are really, well, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I'm going to try to refrain from using any form of derogatory language, which is hard to do, especially given the work that we do on a daily basis. But And I'm definitely not going to mention other individuals or try to slander them in any way because that's not what Yahweh commands us to do. Amen. Amen. Well said. And that's one thing that that's very sad about the infighting. And that was actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you is because, like, in my walk – it's really easy to deal with the saints because they're not fooled by the imposters like that who ironically feed the SPLC and the ADL. But, you know, how, do, how would you go about dealing with those who believe the lies who don't have the spirit? Because that's something I deal with. I have family members, for example, who come up to me and they're like, well, what about, you know, for example, CI, does it promote rape because individuals are saying that? Or do you have Indian within you because liars are saying that? How, how would you deal with something like that on a well, personal level? You know, I mean, that, once again, is another loaded question. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm sure that as yourself and many of your listeners know, they, they know who I am. They know, you know, what they hear about me on the Internet and from other organizations who just need to learn to keep their mouth shut. Um, you know, and I, I deal with whatever I have to deal with, however I have to deal with it. Um, a lot of the times if I'm attacked, I'm going to attack back. And you know what? That's one thing that eats me up because I should not be doing that as a pastor of the Christian identity faith. I should be saying, okay, run with what you want to run with, say, with what, say what you want to say. I'm out there doing what I'm supposed to do. I have a following in our church, and our church is growing, and I'm just going to leave it like that. And I really should do that more. It's just it's so hard sometimes to sit back and try to do the right thing when you have people out there trying to slander you for doing Yahweh's work. And that is our biggest problem that the CI community has. There are CI pastors who have been under Pastor Butler. There are CI pastors who have been under under other great leaders of the CI doctrine. They've never had to face this. Now, I know, Pastor Visser, you face this on almost a daily basis. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, and I do. That's the understatement of the year. <laughs> you know, and I, I mean, I'm. Yeah, like I said, I'm not mentioning any names, but they're in the room. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, trying to keep your head above water and do what Yahweh wants you to do comes with many, many heartaches, hardships, and troubles. And Yahweh says we are going to be tested. We will be tested daily, if not hourly, if not by the minute to know if our our faith is true or not. Because Yahweh is not going to let somebody teach his word. This is my personal opinion, gentlemen. So, you know, if somebody else has an opinion on this, great. But my personal opinion is, is Yahweh is not going to let somebody teach his doctrine that's not ready to teach his doctrine. Yeah. 
Yeah, he truly is in control, and that's that's something that Obi and myself have been dealing with on the show. Is is you kind of got to have a Satan, you got to have a Darth Vader, you know, yeah. and <laughs> as long as they're talking. And that was one thing I definitely noticed is that. You know, the ADL, the Jew snake, they are on you like white on rice. It seems like no matter where you go or what you do, they're there slandering you, you know. And, and yeah, fortunately, it's insane because yeah. a lot of these individuals who claim to be CI are the ones feeding the ADL. Right. And and I, I think we're both on the same wavelength of, you know, the references of who those individuals are. But, you know... I, there's an old saying, and and I can't remember exactly how it goes, but maybe this is something from just my area of the country. But for those who are doing good, they will be attacked by those who are doing the works of the devil. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense to, to 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 any of you guys out there listening? Because I mean, I, the way I take it is, is when you're doing your right work. Those out there who are claiming to do the right work are actually doing the bad work because they are, you know, the continual slander or the attacks or the uh, underlying threats that you need to read through the lines, you know, in between the lines. Well, Satan's always going to send somebody to trip you up. I mean, that's going, that's been going on since time immemorial. And um, but that's, as you were saying, Paul, um, that's all a part of our, um, our our daily faith test, and it's a very important test. Right. And, you know, for your listeners, you have to keep the faith. You know, what is, uh, there was a movie out called The Patriot, and one of their famous lines in there was, stay the course. Uh, with uh, yeah. Mel Brooks, I believe, or somebody, I, I don't remember who it was, but um, as a matter of fact, he's been having a lot of problems with parasitic Jews lately. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, yeah. that's who it is, yeah. Um, but and then, true, they do come and go so much, yeah. you know. And I think that's part of it, is is they get their spirits dampened, and then they just say, oh, well, CI's BS, and walk, walks away. Yeah. And see, now, that's one thing that we, we definitely need to let people know. CI is not BS. CI, Christian identity, dual C-line Christian identity, is Yahweh's word. He put it in, you know, he he gave the message to the prophets. They wrote about it. It's not a lie. You know, a lot of pastors out there in, in the mainstream Judeo-Christian society are like, well, no, this, this part of the Bible is not true. Well, okay, so you're saying God is a liar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's well you know? I, I mean, Well, how as can... I like to say, Paul... As I like to say, CI is just Christianity, and if it's not Christianity, then what are we doing following it? Right. Well, I mean, CI, Christian. Right? Follow your Christian faith and your beliefs. It's in the Bible. If you cannot read the Bible for what it truly says, you have no right to pick up that Bible. Yeah, that's true. If you're not willing to accept it, you know, for what it says, that's really true. And the same can be definitely overlaid with a lot of these men who profess to be CI pastors. You know, it's like, to me, I'm not fooled because they couldn't know Yahweh and violate some of the laws they do. Right. I agree. Uh, yeah, that's that's. It's amazing. I mean, uh, for example, one of the one of the videos we did, I think it was three three years ago, it may be, was uh, Cain and Abel, the true story. 
And if you look that video up on YouTube, it's had like 13, 14,000 views in the last year or so. And it's really amazing to see the comments because pretty much your, you know, your general Christian agrees with it. And then every now and again you get a snake who wants to come and attack you and say, Hail Satan or something stupid. But right. what I'm saying with that is it's amazing because the Bible-believing Christians, they hear it, and for the most part they don't like protest it. They don't fight it. But it's the ones who are so ingrained within their dogma that they just want to fight it all the time. Well, now, see, you know, with you making that comment about how many times your video has been hit, I'm going to say something, and I might be putting myself out on, on the limb here by saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway because this is what I truly believe. I think, honestly, that Christian identity is actually coming back stronger because we're getting more and more people interested in the message. And I think it's because that it has been talked about for so many years that the mainstream Christianity followers who are true descendants, you know, of the 12 tribes are actually starting to realize, oh, wow, these guys are right. Yeah. Look at what's being said. Look at what the pastor is reading in his King James Bible. And my King James Bible says something entirely different because i'm reading it word for word i'm not detracting from the statement i'm not placing in words that are not there yeah all the you while know. we'll be accused of that but it is ironic yeah when you read them john a a true bible believing christian will say okay christ called the jews the children of the devil there's no qualms about it right you know, and uh, I mean, and it goes all back to a lot of the times, you know, when when somebody new uh, into the CI faith comes and joins or comes and talks to me or writes me a letter, I always send them to Genesis. Okay, when Cain slew Abel, he knew his, and, and he was kicked out of the garden, he knew his wife. Well, my first question is to them is main, mainstream uh, Christianity is teaching you that Adam and Eve were the only two people on the face of the earth. Yeah. Well, how can he know his wife? How can he have a child? How can he build a city for the followers of him if Adam and Eve were the only two people on the face of the earth at the time? How is that humanly possible? Oh, well, you know, it's it's miswritten. Oh, so God lied? <laughs> yeah. God's not in control of his word? I mean, that's the other one I, that gets me. It's, it's like yeah. we in CI know it's been tampered with, but it can right. still speak and it can still work today. They deny it. Right. And, you know, when I do, because I have a tendency to make an appearance in, in a mainstream church every now and then when when I feel the urge to do it. And I go in there and I take my King James Bible and I will sit there and I will listen to the entire duified sermon. Get up, go shake that pastor's hand, open up my Bible to exactly where he was. And say, okay, how come what you read is not what is in this book? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're using a racist Bible. Okay, really? You're you're using the King James, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Look on my spine of this book. What what does that say? Does it say, oh, the Aryan King James Bible? No. Oh, okay. Uh, does it say the anti-white Bible? No. 
What does it say? Oh, King James. And that's where I get a lot of these pastors. And I had that problem with a pastor that I had um, because I grew up Mennonite. And Mennonite pastors are very straight-line preachers when it comes to the Word. Well, I hadn't gone to to my my church for a long time, and when my mom was sick, you know, I decided, okay, for her sake, I'll I'll go to the church. And as soon as I walk into it, the first thing I see is two monkeys sitting in a pew. <laughs> uh, I I I got sick. <laughs> I, I mean, I literally threw up right there on the spot. Yeah, that's the and, proper spirit, yeah. You know, the the pastor comes up to me and goes, Paul, what, what's wrong? I'm like, how can you let monkeys into a church that is a racialist church? He goes, we're not racist. I'm like, the Mennonite faith teaches it. He goes, well, this is new line uh, Mennonite faith. Oh, wow. Uh, new line? Yeah. Okay, so you're not teaching the Bible? No. We we use the King James Version of the Bible, but and, and this pastor was a young pastor who just got out of, of uh, seminary school. So obviously even there is it's the, the message that the Jews are trying to bring upon us as, you know, not being God's children is even penetrating the most streamlined churches out there, and uh, I believe the the World Church of the Creators uh, um, founder Clawson was a Mennonite as well. So, Paul, what was the original Mennonite stance on race? Uh, to uh, separate. They would not allow them in their communities. They would not attend church services with them. My when. I grew up in that my father would always turn off the television if a monkey show came on. He would not let us watch it. And he had told me time and time again, that is not what God wants you to do. So did they believe that um, non-whites could be saved, or did they believe it was exclusively for, for white people? They, believe, they believed it was exclusively for the white race. Um, they did not always come out and say it in that fashion, but the way they had taught it, that's what it was. Um, they did say that there is a way for non-believers to get to heaven, which I still do not fully understand that statement. And I have never been yeah, able not, to figure not that to out. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, if one of you brothers out there can can give a little bit of insight on that, because as far as I know, if you are not a child of Yahweh, you are not getting into the heaven's gates. <laughs> Period. Amen. Amen. Well, Period. we preach we <laughs> preach on this show, Paul, that um, not only do you have to be an Israelite, a full-blooded Israelite, 100% pure to make it into the kingdom of heaven, but you also have to have faith in Yahweh. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please him. So you can't just be an Israelite. You have to be an Israelite who's a practicing Christian, one who is faithful in order to make it into the kingdom. Okay. All right, yeah, I can I can understand that. <clears throat> yeah, it is it is amazing though to uh to just think how it really does come down. The Bible is so simplistic and Christ really taught in such simplistic terms to a very simple people, which is us. And and it really does boil down to fruits. I, and that's the one thing that I think 
as a pastor, it's probably our hardest job is, is like, why can't they see the fruits of this particular person? Why can't they see what's plainly written? You know, and, and that's the thing that really blows my mind is the fruits of these. To me, the ones who are keeping Butler's dream alive, who are mm-hmm. really preaching what Butler preached, they, they should be able to go by the Aryan Nation's title. There's a million and one people claiming Aryan Nations, but their fruits don't really manifest anything. Right. Now, see, you know, now that you're on that subject, and I was really hoping you were going to avoid that, but you know what? We're going to go there. The the CJCC name, okay, first off, has been around since Swift. It was carried on by Butler. After Butler's death, you know, it kind of went by the wayside. The true owners of that name, the Church of Jesus Christ-Christians, is the Kingdom Identity Ministries because uh, Dr. Swift's wife, when she died, transferred the legal name of that church over to them. I went and contacted Mike Hallamore myself and got a letter of authorization authorizing the Aryan Nations of Ohio to use the Church of Jesus Christ Christian name. Nice. Because I wanted to ensure that I was following a direct line. The latest allegations that are spreading is, is that Pastor Vincent Bernalini, when he ordained me, it, it was falsified. That's the latest allegation oh, to my church and my prison ministry. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe, Pastor Visser, you were on the call when Vincent was on our radio show and let people know that he did do this and that it was done because he saw in me the drive and desire to spread Yahweh's message. Yeah. Sure, exactly. And what a far difference than a lot of these groups that, I mean, because in the last, I mean, I've been going active for at least 10 years. I've been CI about 20, but I have noticed since at least 2004, 2005, probably seven or eight different factions spring up, all claim to be Aryan nations, and within a few years, they're gone. Right. You know, and and, and and that's the thing. The thing that gets me is, is that I, you know, I started running an Aryan nations organization uh, 09, I think, and I made a mistake by letting somebody in and giving him a title of pa- of world pastor, um, and that was before I was ordained, and the church needed one. I made the mistake by doing it to him, and he later ended up causing major malfunctions in the organization and is now continuing his un-Aryan behavior. Yeah. Leave it yeah, at that. that happens a lot too. I've <laughs> noticed that. I very rarely, I've only ordained like three people, and every time it's almost been a mistake, you know. But it, it is, and I think you know honestly, what it is is I think a lot of these individuals want the title. They don't want the work that's involved in being yeah. a pastor. Um, I get letters. As a matter of fact, I got a letter uh, the other day from a prisoner who's about about ready to be released asking me how he can go about having an ordination. I'm like, I don't give these out. I have not ordained anybody, and I'm I'm not going to ordain anybody who is not worthy of it, and I'm just not going to say, okay, well, let me talk to you for five minutes and see if that's what I want to do. It it don't it doesn't it doesn't run like that, and for anybody out there who's even thinking about getting ordained by a CI pastor, you know I hope you're ready to go through a lengthy process 
just because you have the AIT completed and a certificate saying that it's completed does not guarantee that you are going to have an ordination from a legitimate CI pastor. You know, and people say, well, Paul, are you legitimate? I'm one of two pastors registered in the state of Ohio under the name of Church of Jesus Christ Christian. Does can can Pastor Visser or Obi, can you guess who the other pastor in Ohio is that is registered under that name? Um, I have a sneaking suspicion, but I, I bet I better not say. <laughs> pastor Ray. Redfield, yeah, yeah, okay. Now, oh, well, I was and, wrong. And that's, that is on the Ohio website, because in Ohio, uh, and I don't know how it is in every other state, but I'm sure it's pretty close to it, but if you want to perform marriage ceremonies, baptism, funerals, or anything of that nature, you have to register with the state. Um, and I did that, and it is listed as Church of Jesus Christ-Christian. Two people are ordained in the state of Ohio uh, through, you know, with the state's quote-unquote blessing you know, to perform these ceremonies, and it's myself and Pastor Ray. There are no other CI pastors uh, in, in the state of Ohio. And, of course, Pastor Ray is no longer with us, so I am the only CI pastor in the state of Ohio. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's, that's true. I never even thought about that because, like, here in Georgia, I, I know there's about three, but – I guess we're probably a lot more Bible Belt than Ohio. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, uh, I mean, Southern Ohio is a very strong – anything – I don't know how many people know about Ohio, but Ohio is kind of split by I-70, which runs through Columbus. Columbus is the capital, and it's basically in the middle of the state. Anything south of that is considered a southern state uh, in Ohio. This is a very uh, Christian-oriented area, especially with – Baptists. Oh, okay. So, you know, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping that a lot of people here are understanding what we're trying to do and and why you had brought me on here. And I think it was basically to see where I came from and to try to help set the record straight about the CJCC a little bit. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You know, we we like – Having a variety of people on because it really just shows that unification is one of the things. You know, our numbers are really small enough, and and in having, at least I believe, in having a good variety of different CI pastors and hope, and a lot of them disagree. You know, a lot of them have different viewpoints or even hate each other. But through that, we're able to kind of, in a way, show unity because that's what we're all kind of striving right. for. Too well, much you know, infighting. Yeah, there is. And there there has been a lot of infighting. But the problem with the infighting is this. When one group steps up, other groups want to tear them down because they didn't do it first. Yeah, that's so true. And, and honestly, that is exactly the way it's going, especially – in the CI community, you know, um, because we've been quiet, you know, for a while now. We haven't done anything because I've been watching. And we planned an event, an actual church-related function, a meet-and-greet, and and now we're being slammed for it. Wow. Yeah, I actually, I got that. I believe it it was posted in our forum. Um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's usually these Antifas that, you know, 
Well, it's not only the Antifas that are doing it, but it is also other CI pastors that are doing it. And, Pastor Visser, I know personally that you have been attacked multiple times by a CI pastor. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I've last... never seen his certification, so I don't even know if he's a real pastor or not, but the name sounds <laughs> like a Jewish name to me. Yeah, amen, amen. In fact, that particular guy had to go to the state to 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 use, you know, to register. It's a weird thing because, uh, you know, if Swift was alive, I believe this in my heart, if Swift and Compare were alive, a lot of these people who profess to be speaking their their name or teaching their dogma, they, they'd rebuke them to their face openly. Oh, yeah, and they would not, you know, if, if they were alive now, there would not be multiple Christian identity organizations out there. Yeah. Just remember, though, Paul and Jeremy, the guy to whom you're referring is an archbishop, and you guys aren't, so he's one up on you guys. That's oh. true. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, uh, you know, my ordina- ordination, um, you know, was done by Vincent Bertolini, and Yahweh spoke to him or he wouldn't have done it. So I, <laughs> I'm going to take one up on him. All right, yeah. well, I can't but, argue with that one. You got me there, brother. But, you know, somebody's going to take that, and they're going to take it the complete wrong way. So I, I just want to wait and see how long it's going to be before somebody starts thinking of some lies to say about that statement. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> definitely a lot of sarcasm on the OV Investor Show, and they say a sarcasm is hatred's ugly brother, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, and like I said, for those who are teaching the CI doctrine and they're doing it the right way, they're going to be attacked every single chance they get. You're attacked on a daily basis. I'm attacked on a daily basis. I mean, I've even got some idiot running around in Ohio sending flyers to anonymous people with a bunch of BS stuff saying, hey, come to my house in the middle of the night, knock on my door, and I will give you money and food. No, oh, I'm sorry. Wow. I, will read, I, I will greet yeah. you. With a Bible in one hand and a nine millimeter in the other, and you got two seconds to make your choice. Yeah, just uh, trying to send derelicts and homeless folk. Yeah. Jeez. You know, and it's and it's it's happening. It's been happening for I don't know about three or four months now, and it's really getting annoying. You know, I get phone calls in the middle of the night, people knocking on my door. You know, and I will help an Aryan brother or sister. Do not get me wrong. That is what I am supposed to do. That's what my personal belief is. That is what Yahweh wants me to do. But I'm not going to open my house and say, stay here. I have a wife and kids. I'm not stupid. Amen. You know, because there are a lot of people who, are, who will pretend to be racially aware and are actually a snake. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know? really true, and I found that. I'm, I think Obi did last year, too, with a ex-member of his forum. You know, they, they pretend to be, but they are, snake in the grass, and they're there to yeah. feed people. or, or Just like Scripture says, Second Peter's correct, feasts, you know, spots they are in your feasts of charity. Yep. You know, they are deceivers. That's why they were given that name. You know, it's it wasn't a human being that was a snake. It was, you know... It was a human. It wasn't a snake, is what I meant to say, and it came out wrong. I do yeah. apologize, but I'm trying to keep an eye on my two-year-old as she's bouncing around out in the living room and looking at me going, are you done yet? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but given the history of Christian identity and given the future of Christian identity, I strongly believe that CI is 
on the upswing. Um, it's and I, I think, mean, yes, and, and it's more people who are looking to the CI faith who have been in the mainstream Judeo-Christian churches who are finally starting to see, you know, when they go home and reread, you know, what the pastor taught that day, and they're going, well, that's not what this says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how'd that word and, Jew and, get in there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the great thing, Paul, too, and Jeremy, is that um, a lot, I notice a lot of white nationalists of late are starting to take a, an interest in Christian identity. Yes, and it, it, it's have. really fantastic. You know, Yahweh really is awakening, awakening our people. It's been a slow process, but it is indeed happening, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And we need to be on the ball and need to be praying about this, that Yahweh can use us to spread his word and to, you know, show these people that CI Christianity, in other words, is indeed the right path for them to take. Well, now, see, Yahweh's already commanded you to do that. Yahweh has commanded all of us to do that, whether you're a follower of CI or not. But the important factor is that the CI pastors and those who are strong believers in the faith, and Obadiah, I'm sorry, I really don't know you that well, so I don't know if you're ordained or not. But um, I'm a nobody, Paul. I'm a nobody. Oh. <laughs> well, you know what? Guess 26. Listen to these lying idiots. Mullet is surrounded by convicted child molesters. Mullet is simply a criminal that sucked nigger in prison playing. Wow. Party. In My fact, I'm hoping to God. not have to mute all the guests, but I'm not going to unmute any future guests because this you know, party, they've got nothing yeah. better to do. And I do that on my show. As a matter of fact, last Monday when I did it, and I got another show coming up Monday, that's the first thing I say is to everybody, I am not allowing guest talk inside the forum anymore because I do not have time to sit there and listen to these idiots when I'm trying to spread the message of Yahweh and I'm trying to spread the message of unification and I'm trying to spread the message of white pride and deal with mamzers as this idiot. And the reason why I said that is because that's the first thing I saw was mamzer on the <laughs> forum. You know, so I just, in, in my honest opinion, I think all CI pastors should do that because that's all these people are doing in, in here is trying to cause problems for us to spread the message. Because when we start getting the message out there and we start hitting on topics that they know are true, that's when the attacks on the screen start. And yeah. your attention is diverted to that when it actually needs to stay where it is. And that's spreading that message of Yahweh and of racial pride because Yahweh has commanded us to do that. And we need to do that on a daily basis. We do not have time to deal with trash inside of rooms when we need to spread our message of our faith and to wake up our brothers and sisters to the fact of the Jews coming in and systematically destroying who we are, our faith, our heritage, our culture, and even our history. We need yeah, to concentrate on that, not on tools and forms. All, all the guests are muted now, and basically I agree with you 100%. I love talk to you because it gives us a, a, the ability to do this, but I really – the chat is such a distract, and I usually it don't is. look at it. So It is, and my, my policy is if you don't have a name, you're not going to talk. And if that person starts, they're blocked. Yeah, there's nothing more cowardly than somebody going by an anonymous name, attacking yeah. somebody who uses their Christian name. It is a yeah. weird irony. You know, and it is. And that's 
Ooh, it, it just aggravates me so much. I'm just, I need to calm down for a second. People need to understand that what we as pastors and we as the white race are trying to do is trying to ensure that our history is never forgotten because history, if it's rewritten, <laughs> it's welcome to the planet of the apes. And that's a disgusting fact that it's happening. We need to let these people know that they have to get out there and they have to spread the message of Yahweh. And if you don't spread the message of Yahweh, spread the message of hope for your people. Yeah. You know, when you walk outside and go to the store tomorrow, look around you. Do you see white? Do you see black? Not anymore. Do you see brown? Do you see slant eyes? What do you see? You I know? see all of those and more. Oh yeah. I, I, I grew up, I grew up in Australia, Paul. Sorry to interrupt you, mate, but I thought that you know this is this this may, may be of interest. But I grew up in Australia during the era of the White Australia policy, mm-hmm. where you'd walk down the street, you could walk for miles and miles and not see see a single solitary non-white face. Nowadays, I can't step a meter outside my front door without seeing one. Mm. Yeah, and and that's the way it is around, especially with, you know, Obama's new policy about forcing integration into the smaller communities uh, of America that are predominantly white. You know, it's – look at Detroit, and and people are saying, well, well, how can you justify that? Okay, look at Detroit. Look at how trashed it is when the white population moved out and left it to the mongrel hordes. Look at what they did. Look at Chicago. Look at L.A. Look at New York. Look at Miami. Shall we continue? Okay, well, let's talk about Atlanta. Oh, yeah. My goodness. You know? real dark down here. You know that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because I was down there with uh, uh, Mr. Williams, you know, many times, and I had, you know, ridden that moving Africans rapidly through Atlanta system on numerous occasions. Problem is, I did it in uniform. Nice. I bet I bet them he boons and she boons were like didn't know what to do. I've noticed that though. I mean, down here for the most part in the South, if you call a nigger a nigger, some you know for the most part they don't really care. It's always a white boy who wants to jump up and go yeah. off on you for saying nigger. Yeah, and that's true, and that's a problem that we're having. I mean, look at what happened to Paula Dean. You know, I don't know how many people know who she is, but she's a real famous Southern cook that has just been annihilated because some she-boon said that she called her a nigger ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, come on, people. That's the South. Paula even said, yeah, I said it. That's the way I was raised. So? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was raised in Savannah, I think. And yeah. That's, yeah. That's old-time South. I mean, they, niggers still call each other niggers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> They do, um, you know, and people are, well, anyway, Yahweh's yeah. message has got to get out there. We need to ensure that we're doing that on a daily basis, and we are doing that, whether it's going out and doing it on forums, going out and doing it on talk show radio or any other form of, of outlet that we have, because we know that we're not going to get our message out to the mainstream media in a positive light or even be able to go on a show to get the message out there. You know, because you have things like the Jerry Springer show where a bunch of idiots get on there, drunken people, you know, that's not the message that we need to get out there. 
Yeah, that's true. And that's one thing I think that really is a, is a responsibility for the CI pastors is they really have to live up to it because, you know, if they're not living it, it's one thing, you know, living it, living it's a lot harder, you know. In fact, I've been talking to pastors that I haven't talked to for years coming back into the fold, and they're, they're kind of even pointing out how I've seasoned. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, I really was a fool back in 2003 and four and falling into a lot of those traps. So right. I'm agreeing completely with what you're saying. It's one thing to get the ordination. It's one thing to get a certificate, but to actually walk the walk and do it for a long time. Right. It's just like Christ said, people are going to revile you, hate you. You're going to have to deal yep. with this, this garbage on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and it is hard, you know, and there have been times even since my ordination that I've questioned myself. You know, so what do I do? As soon as that thought comes into my mind, I get on my knees. And I ask Yahweh, is this what you really want me to do? Is this where you need me to be? Is this where you see me doing the best for our people and for your message? I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still doing it. So obviously Yahweh's telling me to stay here. You know, and um, that's something, like I had mentioned earlier, that we've been fighting with. There's this one this one particular group who's trying to, you know, take what we're doing and cause problems for us for doing it, but yet they still want to ride our coattails. You know, yeah. kind of a double standard there, but we're the ones out there getting the message out, and we're doing it in a positive light. You know, we're not going to go out there with four or five people standing in front of a crowd. That just is not going to happen. Paul, you touched on a very important, a very vital point. Then, when you when you you spoke about how um, how you need to get down, you know, with Yahweh, get, get yeah. down on your knees and pray to Him to to find out what His will for you is. Because often I find my will, my will isn't isn't Yahweh's will. My my sort of desire to do something in particular may not be His desire, and I have to change that. And I right. I often say in my prayers, Yahweh, Your will, not mine. And when I right. open myself up like that, He does guide me, and the path becomes much clearer. He will guide you. Uh, you know, he will guide any of his children. You just have to be able to see it. You cannot see it if your eyes are still closed. Yeah, you know, that's and true. and that's what is happening is people's eyes are still closed. You know, and I I know that Pastor Visser and and Obadiah are going to agree that sometimes. We're down on our knees multiple times a day. Oh yeah. Because you know it is it is that yes, hard absolutely. to do what we do, you know. And when you start listening to other people, first off, that's that's the first mistake. Don't listen to other people. Don't listen to what they have to say. Listen to what Yahweh has to say because Yahweh is going to lead you in the right direction. He's not going to let you depart from the miss the mission that He chose for you because you didn't choose this mission yourself yahweh chose it and he yeah, told that, you that, this that is where true. it needs to go you know this is not i certainly that, didn't choose it yeah no i didn't but i know that's where yahweh wanted me to go because he pointed me in that direction and since then i have been very grateful admittedly sometimes i kind of question well okay did i do that right did I make that right statement? Did I do it wrong? Should I have done it a different way? And then that's when I get back down on my knees. Is this right? You know, sometimes God well, 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 or Yahweh's not going to answer you. 
It's funny, yeah. Paul, because sometimes, uh, and I've found this particularly, particularly in my own situation, that Yahweh's had to drag me kicking and screaming. He had to drag me kicking and screaming into Christian identity, and I sort of mm -hmm. fought, fought against it in my own sort of spirit tooth and nail for a, a little while. But when I succumbed to it and I went with the flow, so to speak, I've never been happier, and I, I think to myself, I just couldn't not do this anymore. I mean, this is so great. This is so important to me. It's become such a part of me. I, I could never, I, I just couldn't, never imagine myself not doing it. You know, so Yahweh always, always knows what is right for us, even though it doesn't seem right for us at the, at the time. Right, and, and that's where the people are having the biggest problem is, is they're questioning Yahweh. Don't question Yahweh. Yahweh is not to be questioned. Yahweh knows what he is doing, and he is going to put you where he wants you to be, whether Amen. it's in CI or not. You know, he may give you the gift of speak to open forum rooms or out in the public, you know, about unification. Well, that's where he wants you to be. Not everybody is called to CI. Not everybody is called to the pastoralship of CI. But you will listen to Yahweh, and Yahweh will guide you. You just have to understand how he's telling you to do what he wants you to do. Amen. Amen. That's true. The, the, the body of Christ truly is many-membered, and I think that's part of the problem when sometimes we overlook the avenues of reaching out. That's where the battlefield is for. We have to go to the lost sheep, and a lot of those are in white nationalism, which ironically disdains us for worshiping a right. quote-unquote Jew God. But right. that's our job. That's what we got to yep. do, and persevere, persevere we will. Right, and it, it does not matter how long it takes us to do that. We will accomplish it, and people are like, well, w what makes you think that you're going to accomplish it? Because that's what Yahweh commands us to do. I'm not going to question what my, my God tells me to do. That's stupidity. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you that's know? one of the worst things we can do is really kind of question them. When it's so written in black and white, you know, Christ says he foretold us all things, and I'm amazed at... You know, you point out, hey, Jesus said the Jews are from beneath. He was from above. He, oh, and they'll defend it. He never, he never said that. <laughs> you know, and you'll point it out to them. And, oh, well, he must have been meaning something else. They just really, you know, it, it is amazing how those who have the spirit of Yahweh, who truly have his, his breath breathed within them, they're able to actually see it. And that's why I agree with you completely. I see CI growing, and that's the one thing that really keeps me driving. Back in 05, 04, we were small. Of course, technology was a little less back then, but I think we're growing in leaps and bounds, just as Yahweh would have us. Mm -hmm. And and we will. I mean, it's going to be a long, hard road, and you know, the biggest obstacles that we have to overcome are those who have been claiming CI and have done nothing but bring harm to CI. Yeah. You know, because there are people out there who claim that they are pastors of the CI faith, who are actually teaching wrong. Yeah, exact opposite of what Scripture says, exactly. Right. You know, yeah, that's the thing that really kind of catches me up. I get a little frustrated, but then Yahweh always brings me back to the fact yeah. that, you know, our sheep hear our voice, and so also will the vile man hear the slander. That's right. You know, and, and Yahweh is not going to... Yeah, Never, I don't know how many times I'm going to stress this, never question what Yahweh has for you. 
Never question what Yahweh is giving you to do. Never question how Yahweh does it. And most importantly, never question Yahweh's word. Yeah, period. I mean, that's why the Bible tells us to be like little children, because children more readily accept what their parents tell them to do, and they don't question it. If you tell a little child something, he believes it. We need to be the same way. Right. And we can do that. But, you know, the, the, the unification is, is going to be part of our biggest problem, because there are too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, that's true. But, That's an understatement, if ever there was one. You know, people just need to learn that they have to work together. You know, do you really think that, you know, when, and I know, I'm not going to say if, because we know it's going to happen, when a race war happens, that the mongrel hordes of Satan are not going to be united? Yeah. So true. Hell, we see it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Racial solidarity with the Mexicans, the Negroes, but our yeah. race, most oftentimes, they just don't care. And that's because of the way that people have been taught in the white nationalist community. You know, there's been too many leaders who, their way or no way. Even today, I hear it on radio shows. You know, people are like, well, we need to do this, you know, and if we can't do this, then we're going to fall. Well, how's about sitting back and going, okay, you're talking about unity, and a group invites you to a unity event, and you say no. Is that unity? (laughs) Is it? No. No. It's not. It's a slap in the face to unity that you just said five minutes ago that we need to unify. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't matter what has happened in the past within the racialist community, okay? That's in the past. Leave it there. From this point on, work towards a better goal. That goal is unifying our race because if we cannot have an army to fight a army, we are going to be slaves ourselves. And it's just like it was back in biblical times. One day we will, you know, remove the shackles again. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, honestly, when I was in high school, and I think we're about the same age, I never really envisioned us becoming a minority. But sure enough, we are now in our own country, and and even married people are a minority. So it shows, you know, at least me, that all of these Christian ideals are going out the door with a quickness. Yeah. You know, and um, I forgot what I was going to say. I apologize. Um, No problem. There was something. We forgive you, brother. (laughs) There was something that somebody said a while back, and I just had it there, and I forgot it. So maybe I'll remember it later on, but it was something good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Happens to me all the time. But, yeah, it's definitely great to have you on and be able to discuss some of these things because, you know, there is unity. And I I can't tell you how many times I've I've woken up and, and gone Sunday mornings to shows Oftentimes with pastors you wouldn't even think, and it's one of these offshoot things, a throwaway sentence or something, and I'll really be edified. And that's why I think we really shouldn't underestimate a lot of times 
our numbers, you know. It, when it becomes about ego, like you're saying, too many chiefs, not enough engines, right. that's exactly when we start having the infighting because, it's like I said, no man can really judge you. They can slander you. Yeah. But a lot of times when you defend one thing, I've noticed the enemy starts making you defend other things. So You know, and I am actually guilty of that because when I do defend myself, usually I have to end up defending something else. So, you know, I've talked to my council members, and we've just decided, you know what? We're not going to give two flying rear ends what anybody says anymore. You don't Amen. like this? Fine. Go somewhere else. I don't care. I'm here to spread a message of Yahweh. I'm here to spread a message of hope and faith to the area nations of the world. And if you don't like that statement, I'm here to spread it to the Adamic nations of the world. So either way, it's the same exact thing, Aryan nation. Yeah. We are <laughs> of a multiple nation of people. There are 12 tribes. There are 12 nations. That is not one nation. That is multiple nations. We will come and unify one day. It may be the last second of the last day, but we will unify one way or another. You know, and when the bombs start blow, uh, getting shot across our heads and the black helicopters keep coming down closer and closer and you look out your window and you see a massive black cloud of people walking down the street, actually more probably bent over with spears and drums, yeah. but, you know... You know the the Link shots is, and yeah. Yeah. yeah you know you're hearing <laughs> coming down the street yeah. you know that there's, there's trouble coming there. you know it it may be that time but you know what well, Yahweh is not going to let us die he is he's not going to let our, his, his race be exterminated amen well he says in the scripture doesn't he Paul and Jeremy that he's coming back to the elect so he's coming back probably when the nuclear bombs start flying, to um, make sure that we survive. So, um, and, he's not, and what's interesting about that, of course, is that he's not coming back for any other race except ours. And the elect, of course, in the Bible is Israel. Israel. That, that's right. You know, and, and people need to see that. And I'm sure, you know, I, I've been kind of keeping an eye on the chat room here a little bit, but, you know, I have to admit that some of those people in there can type pretty dang fast for me. But, um, you know... It, People are actually starting to get the message. They're, they're hearing it. They need to continue hearing it. The problem is, and, and I'm going to say this, and it's going to bite me in the butt, but you know what? i got to say it. Whoever you listen to, as far as CI pastors go, stick with that person. Don't listen to some other CI pastor. Well, why do you say that, Pastor Mullet? Because that pastor you are listening to will guide you. Another pastor, quote-unquote, may end up trying to pull you away from the message. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Uh, yeah, Jim? I understand. Yeah. It's yeah. fair advice. Uh, yeah. uh, sure. You know, and, and, and you have to do that. You know, I, and, and it, it may come back to bite me in the butt. Great. I mean, if it does, it does. I don't care. As long as the message is getting out there for our people, because, folks, if we don't do something, we're not going to be able to walk out our doors without carrying a 12-gauge shotgun, a 9-millimeter, a 30-06, a machete, and some sleeping gear. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. We, these riotous beasts are being they're lifting up and getting more and more entitled every day. I mean, it's only going to be a matter of time before they're literally killing us in the street. I mean, right. look at South Africa, yeah. You know, um, I mean, and there's something that I saw today, and I, I'm not going to really jump off the subject too much, but it kind of, you know, really pissed me off about Tulsa. Um, Tulsa keeps street name but changes who it honors. This is Tulsa, Oklahoma. The city of council approved a plan Thursday to change the name of a street uh, from the founder of, of the city of Tulsa. Because he was a member of the Klan. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> what happened in uh, Tennessee, in Kentucky? You know, they changed city parks from Confederate soldiers' names because they were, you know, Confederate soldiers first off. A couple of them were members of the Klan. So now they're changing it, and they've named them after some monkeys. Yeah, it's usually it, Martin Luther King. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It, it, my my question is this. That not erasing our history? Hey, man. It surely well, that's is. That's exactly I, what it is. And you yeah, know what? Testify here in the South, that's what they're doing at every moment, trying to right. do away with the St. Andrew's flag and everything. And they're doing that on small, small little levels. They're testing the waters. They're going to yeah. see what we're going to do. You know, and and there are groups out there who have actually, you know, gone and spoken out publicly about this kind of thing, but that's just it. One or two groups have done that. Not everybody. Yeah, that's true. It seems like every time they do it, the Jews up there who keep all the totals or number Israel or whatever uh-huh. it is they do, they always are doing it through gradualism, and then they'll label those as fringe groups. Right. But it's really to see how how much racial solidarity we have, which is very little. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and they it, our biggest problem with that, and the and how they can see that, unfortunately, I hate to say it, is the web. The internet has is is our biggest tool, and our biggest knife. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, so that. true. You know, because all they got to do is go back and listen to any any shows. They can look at the web. They can, you know, they see what's going on, and they they say, okay, well, we're hearing a lot of talk. We're not seeing a lot of action, so we still can get away with some of this stuff. You know, yeah. when they start seeing that unification, they're going to start stopping yeah. what they're doing, and they're going to try a different avenue. So, folks, that's what you need to do. Whether you're CI, National Socialist, Whatever, unify for a greater cause. That greater cause is ensuring the survival of the white race so our women can reproduce and give us a new generation of warriors. For those warriors are the ones that are going to be fighting a war because we have let it get to that point. Yeah. This generation has done nothing to show unification. I'm sorry. I don't mean to come out and just say that because there's going to be a lot of groups that are going to be calling me or getting me on the phone. You dumb SOB. But it's true. Yeah. No, I agree with you completely on that. It's amazing. Now, gentlemen, we're at the um, the top of the first hour. Now, I know... 
we can pretty much guarantee there are quite a few trolls in the chat room at the moment. But uh, did Jeremy uh, and Paul, would you be um, okay to uh, to perhaps letting on a few callers to to comment about things and ask questions? Or I, I'm fine with that as long as it's questions and not attacks. Yeah. Because we, we yeah. You well, know, if they we turn out to be that. trolls, we'll get rid of them pretty quickly, yep. Paul. I can assure you of that. So, yeah. Jeremy, do we have any callers? Uh, let me check. Yeah, there's uh, Southern California on the line. Southern California, do you have anything intelligent to say? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I was listening to you uh, guys talking about evangelism to the brothers, and like Jehovah's Witnesses will come to my front door, and I'll notice that they're white. You know, you got to say a few things to them to get them out of that click in the first place and of course the Jehovah's Witnesses are no different than the Judeo Christians I mean it becomes quite a problem and like you said uh, you do get attacked I'm not a minister like you guys are but I try to do my best to spread the word around out there and uh, you get attacked you're not you're not considered very nice at all you're considered a racist you're considered you name it so I can certainly understand what you're saying. There was a question I wanted to ask, but it slipped my mind. Oh, but I did. Been happening a lot tonight. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it it has been happening a lot tonight. But Southern California, can can I say something to you here, real fast? You know, you made the comment about you know these evangelists and stuff coming up to your doorstep. I have that quite frequently here at my house. So what I do is I have a nice little pamphlet of paper sitting right next to my door. When they come knocking on my door, I greet them respectfully. Yeah, hi, how are you? Who are you with? Okay, Um, well, do you believe, you know, they ask me, do you believe in God? I'm like, yes, I do. They go, well, do you belong to a church? Yes, I do. What church do you belong to? Church of Jesus Christ Christian. Oh, so you're a Latter-day Saint. I said, no, I believe I belong to the Church of Jesus Christ Christian Area Nations. I'm a dual seed line Christian identity pastor. Here's some material, and until you can refute this material, have a nice day. Well, now, now, Paul, Paul, when you mentioned the word Area Nations, do they go apoplectic? Is the, the look of shock sort of sweep over their face? Oh, yes. They turn white as a ghost. <laughs> And and it does a wonder because there are times, and it has happened one time where they came back, you know, a couple hours later, and they're like, well, we think we can, you know, help you out and bring you to the path of, of true enlightenment. And I'm like, true enlightenment? <laughs> they're like, yeah, okay, well, how, how are you going to do this? And they, whatever they do, I'm like, but that's not what the Bible says. But, yeah, it is what the Bible says. No, it's not. Here's my Bible. Go ahead and look at it. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you just said? Does it state in there that the Jews are God's chosen people? Oh. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, I'm still uh, looking for that verse. Uh, dude, I, I have been over this Bible I don't know how many times, and I can't find it. <laughs> and, and, am I blind? Do I mean, uh, that's what is I'm it blind. there? Yeah, because, I mean, the closest I can find is the Jews are the spawn of the devil, but nowhere. I mean, usually a lot of times you can find something like an allegory where you, okay, that's where that old wise statement comes from or whatever, but I can't find anywhere, you know. I guess the closest they do is try to say Israel synonymous with Judaism. Uh, Well, actually, if you want to go into the Bible and check that out, too, that's not true, because it says that the children of Israel 
Later in the Bible, it says that the children of, of Jews, you know, or the yeah. Jews, you know, there's a clear distinction and a separation there. Uh, they just are looking over that section where it says Israel, Jews. Oh, 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 okay, that's it. Oh, there's our connection. Yay, we found yeah. it. No, it's not. Uh, I noticed Troublemaker says, where does it say that Christ is a Jew? Um, brother, nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere in the holy book does it say Christ was a Jew. As a matter of fact, Pontius Pilate said, uh, aren't you the king of the Jews? And uh, he stated back to him, Yeshua, that's what you say. In other words, a sarcastic yep. remark is what it is. That's what you say. In other words, that's not what he says. That's right. And you know, he never he never laid claim to it. Uh, you know what's amazing? You go through the scriptures and you look. When he says, oh, here comes Nathaniel, an Israelite with no guile. He didn't say Jew. He knew how to use the word Jew. He didn't use that. He said, here comes an Israelite. You know, in every place you look in there, he says, Israelite, Israelite, Israelite. He does not say Jew. We are told by Christ to search the scriptures to prove ourselves. And also, ser- searching the scriptures, you're going to have to go outside and search history of our people. Nobody does that. What happened in 140 B.C. behind uh, King John Hucanus? Didn't he let the Edomites in? Didn't they take over? Who do you think King Herod was? King Herod was a Jew, but he certainly wasn't an Israelite. And he was let in by, the Herods were let in by their great-great-grandfather, the Potiphar, you know, making connections with Rome, using the money, because the Jews always have the money. And... Next thing you know, they're in there, and they, they took over. They killed the priests. They killed everybody, and they were there. That's how they got in there. And no place in the scriptures can I find, you know, that the Jews were God's chosen people. I just can't find that. Uh, Pastor Vitzer, have you been able to find it? No, that's what I'm saying. In 10 years, I haven't found anything remote. The closest I found to King of the Jews is Pilate's wrongful accusation, but the Bible clarifies it. Mm-hmm. And and where do, just just for people who may be you know listening, where does that statement come in? Where, where's that clarification? Uh, in the wrongful accusation by him saying, uh, "What I have written, I have written." When the Jews came later and said, "Write not that he is the king of the Jews, but that he said he's the king of the Jews." And oh. Pilate says, "What I've written, I've written." So therefore, I mean, anybody who sides with Pilate is siding against an innocent Messiah. <laughs> it's kind of ironic in a way. I mean, you know, well, the scripture straightforwardly says the Jews are contrary to all men. They murdered the prophets and et cetera. And Christ yeah. sure expounded on that in John eight. Didn't yeah. Jesus? Didn't Jesus say? Uh, he, he, well, it was referred. Did he stayed out of Jewry because they didn't want to like him? They wanted to kill him. Okay, so it's, he stayed away from Jewry, and. Uh, when he went amongst them, he called them snakes and vipers and, you know, you're like your father, the devil, and all this type of stuff. And he took the Jews and he tossed them out of the temple. What were they doing? Usury, bankers. I mean, yeah. so you can't show me anything that uh, really connects a good thing with the Jews with the Savior. No way. He didn't like them. He, called, he said, you're of your father, the devil. Obviously, that can't be his chosen people, then can it? Not yeah. their father, but see in mainstream media or in mainstream uh, Judeo Christianity, you know that's not what it says. So you know, I still can't understand you know how they can teach 
what they teach when they're reading the same books we do and what they're telling their people is not what the Bible says. Yeah. Let me give you an example of what. Um, Let me give you an actually, example. Uh, gentlemen, I only have a couple of more minutes, so if there's any other phone calls um, or questions, can we right. go ahead and get to that? Because I've, I've okay, got yeah. my munchkin here ready for it. So. No problem. There is one more caller on the line. It's calling from Skype. Hopefully it's not a troll. Guest 27, do you have something to add? I guess not. Guess not. Yeah, that that happens quite frequently. Um, it happens uh, on have, our show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and sometimes they fall asleep too. We also have Arizona on the line. Arizona, did you have something to contribute this evening? Hopefully, it'll unmute. Let's see. Talk to you's been acting weird the last. White there we go. Is di- White case is dying. Oh, we're in waiting. Oh, oh get lost, Wang! You cheat. We want nothing to do with you. That guy, wow. that, that guy, um, Pastor Paul, is a uh, a half Indian, half Chinese. Talk talk about you know being born in an abomination to Yahweh, and he falls into the show quite frequently. The guy's a complete idiot. Yeah, uh, the Watcher Thirteen. Yes, you're more than welcome to come to our show. Anybody can come to our uh, to the Area Nations Radio Show and listen. Uh, you know, and if you have an account, you know, you're more than willing to talk. So <clears throat> I, I don't understand why he put that in there, but. Yeah, I mean, you're, people, you know, that's just it. Just uh, listen to everybody. <laughs> listen to anybody who's spreading the message of Yahweh that is spreading the right message of Yahweh. Let me repeat that, the right message of Yahweh. Paul, just on the topic of your show, before you go, you must give it a plug and any other we- in any website you'd like to plug. But um, uh, every week I go to your, your talk show page and... Uh, Generally, there, there hasn't been a show in a while. However, you, you did a show recently, just this past week, yep. as a matter of fact. Can we look forward to more shows from you, brother? Yes, you most certainly can. As a matter of fact, we have another show scheduled Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to continue to do it weekly um, there uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know, Things have happened where I have not been able to get to the radio show as much as I would like. Um, and part of that reason is is because a lot of the people that we were going to schedule ended up, you know, saying, no, we don't want to do it. So, you know, and things have been busy here. As I know, most pastors know that, you know, there are times when things get busy, and then there are slow times. Yeah. Unfortunately, so I've never seen a slow time yet, but. <laughs> where do people find your talk show page, brother? Uh well, I can't link it because I had called in under a guest status, so uh, somebody can put it up there for me. Uh, but you can go to arian-nations, with an S, dot info, I-N-F-O, and uh, click on the banner, and then it will take you into our front page. And we have a link on there. Um, I put a live link on there every week to our show. Uh, Pastor Visser, if you're at the computer, can you grab that? Because I can't. Uh... Done deal. Oh, there it is. All right, and that's where you go. Um, now, I do like to uh, have multiple organizations in there, um, and we did it last week, and it was very good, but it was also way off of Christian identity. So <laughs> what I've told these people is, is that for the first half hour, Maybe longer, you know, 45 minutes, it will be Christian identity topics. After that, it's going to be an open, you know, discussion about whatever people want to discuss. And actually, you know, the current issues have been unity, 
that's basically what a lot of people are talking about. But once right. again, they're showing talk, not doing. Yeah. Uh, and then I also do want to plug one thing, too, is, is we are having a meet and greet in uh, South Central Pennsylvania on uh, August 31st at 11 p.m. That's on our site. There's a little flyer on it. Uh, contact myself or the Pennsylvania director and uh, to get the specific locations. But we invite anybody who is uh, racially conscious or even those who um, think that that's where they need to be to come out and meet us. And not only us, but we do have uh, two other groups that we know of and maybe more that will be there as well. Uh, that's unity. Yeah. Yeah, and that's in Ohio, right? Uh, no, it's in South Central Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. Yep. We're uh, the headquarters is here in Ohio, but the uh, meet and greet is going to be in South Central Pennsylvania. Oh, good deal. Good deal. That's awesome. That's, you guys, yeah, exactly. And I definitely suggest that our listener go over there and listen to that. And that's Monday evenings, correct? Monday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I caught the last few shows, or at least the the last one and the few before it. But mm-hmm. they were great. They were great, and it's good to hear brothers unified. You know, and and that's 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 really the key. By their fruits, you'll know them. Yep. A lot of people think that everything was preached, but it really isn't. The Bible says in the end times, knowledge increases, and and I think it's our pastors who are presenting that knowledge to the flock, at least. Yes, and and we will continue to do that, and and I. Praise you and Obadiah for doing what you guys do on a weekly basis, um, as I will for anybody who is actually preaching uh, Christian identity in a positive light and are not using it as a slander box or teaching single seed-line Christian identity because Christian identity is not single seed-line. Never Amen. has been, never will be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. For, for exactly. those who teach that, they are not CI pastors, in my yeah. opinion. Because if I you are a CI pastor, you are you are preaching dual seed line doctrine that is in Yahweh's holy book. Amen. 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 I think the reason a lot of those guys do that is to protect their father, the devil. But yeah. I, and and I actually think why they do that too is because they're afraid to speak the truth because they don't want to be labeled as a hate group. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I call it kind of kosher. It's like kosher conservatism for Christian really? identity. Yeah, it's yeah. like well, so whitewashed. It's a good first step, I guess, for some people, but they get hungry quick. Yeah, and and single seed line doctrine is not going to give you the material you need to, you know, bring yourself to Yahweh completely. It, it, it's it's not there. If you want Yahweh in your heart and you really really want to know Him, you need to see. Seek out dual seed line pastors and the dual seed line message. Amen. That is true. That is Sola Scriptura Bible. That's that's the that's the the religion of the the Bible itself, and that's what what's beautiful about it. To be honest with you, Pastor Paul, I've gotten to where I kind of enjoy a lot of the reviling from the masses, especially those who consider themselves Christians, because I'm banking on Christ's words where He says, "Rejoice when men revile you." I have great treasure in heaven. I know you do as well. Oh yeah, I I love listening to those kind of shows because I just I mean, especially after a long hard day and I need a good laugh. There you yeah. 
<laughs> All right, brothers, I have got to jump off here. I got a munchkin I need to get into bed. I appreciate you guys having me on here. And uh, once again, if there's anybody who has any questions for us, please don't hesitate to go to our website and check us out and give us an email uh, or call us and let us know. Um, Pastor Vister, I'd like to have you and Obadiah on my show one of these days, so uh, if either one of you could send me an email and we can Absolutely. schedule something like that in the near future, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, I'd love brothers, to. All right. All you brothers and sisters out there, remember Yahweh is going to guide you to where you need to be. You have to be able to understand his message and how he's telling you where to go. He's not going to come straight out and say, you need to go here. Yeah. He's going to teach you where you need to go. Yahweh bless each and every one of you brothers. I really appreciate it. Amen. Thanks, Paul. You've acquitted yourself very well indeed tonight. Very well. All right. Well, I thank you gentlemen very much. You guys have a nice night, and I'm going to uh, disconnect the call, but I will be in the chat room. I think I might be coming in as a guest. I don't know, but I I will continue to listen to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. No worries. Yahweh bless you and yours. Yahweh bless. Well, I tell you, Brother Obadiah, that was certainly edifying. It's always great to be with another brother of the faith, especially another pastor who really shares a lot of the same hardships that we do or I do, you know. Yeah, Paul was great. He's such an articulate speaker. Uh, I, you know, I, I really urge him to do more shows and do do them on a regular basis. I know that sort of life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. It's a bit difficult to, to do a podcast, especially when you're raising a young family. You've got other responsibilities, but I really urge him to um, to, to continue doing them and, and on a weekly basis because he's a, he's a good man. It was great to have him on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't know about you, but in other in other news, here in Georgia last week, last Friday, it was steaming hot. It was in the high 90s. Today it dropped to like the high 60s. I'm actually wearing a little jacket. It's been raining down here. So we're having a little unusually seasonal cold storm. Pastor Visser. Pastor Visser. Uh, I just wanted to say I was listening to Pastor Eli today. And on RBN, what they've done, anybody that was slamming the Jews on RBN, and that was Rick Adams and a couple more, they booed them off because what happened is the Jews came through and bought all the advertisers. In other words, the companies, they're mainly health food type companies and what have you, they bought them all. And they warned RBN, if you keep those guys on there, we're going to take our support away from you. So they were all booted off RBN. So I did not know that. Eli's been booted from Republic Broadcasting Network then, huh? Wow. Yes. Okay. I'm so not might... surprised. Oh, my goodness. Now, Jeremy, Jeremy, I was listening to one of your podcasts this week, and you've you've released a whole slew of newbies recently. They've been really good. But you mentioned on one of them, and I, I was quite surprised, that, that we've had an offer to um, broadcast on AM radio. Is that correct? Yeah. Can you elaborate <laughs> on that, please? That is cool. That is cool. Actually... It came from another show. It came from a clan show, actually. And the name of the group that wants to put us on the radio, of course, I still have yet to follow through. They are called the – I want to get this right because they have a weird name. They're a constitutionalist group. They uh, are called the Aerostook Watchmen. And interesting the, the, enough, what, what was it? The Aerostook Watchmen. Yeah, the Aerostook Watchmen. Apparently, these guys own two. Not maybe they don't own them, but they have leased airtime on two 
uh, AM radios in Pennsylvania, I think it is. And apparently, I have some of this stuff in email, but I need to follow through on it because I went over to the radio stations, and they actually play Herald of Truth broadcast, and I didn't know this. Herald of Truth is being broadcast on AM radio. It's, of course, it's a lesser channel, but anyway, you can you can read about these guys on A R O O Stukewatchman dot M E is the name of the actual constitutionalist. Uh, people who want to do it, but they want to put us on on AM, or at least the offer was put there. So I want to follow through and make sure they're not looking for money or whatever else. But if that happens, I'm telling you, Obi, it's going to be amazing. This is Jeez, exactly Jim, what happened we'll, to we'll Pete in the more, 90s. We'll get, we'll get more listeners than the movement turd. Yeah, exactly. Go figure. Without even having to use a single sock puppet. Yeah, I'm glad you actually heard that. I didn't really want to say too much about it because you know how a lot of these things go. It, it could just be talk, but apparently. So, it's a, so, yeah. so, so is Aero Stuke a uh, a place or an organization or uh, what exactly is it? They are uh, actually Apocalypse has just posted in the forum. They have a talk show channel here as well. They have a show where I believe they just basically are defending the Constitution and, and the right to bear arms and a lot of these other things. Oh, Apparently, right. they that, own that, two transponders that are AM, AM banned in, I think, but, but one's that, Texas and one's Pennsylvania. But they I do know we're Nazis, don't they? On, on the uh, issue of the Constitution, the Constitution is put there to forbid the government, and corporations are a creation of the government, from uh, stymieing what we have to say. Now, the ADL is the one that came through and did all this stuff to those on RBN, and uh, they get our taxpayers' dollars on grants and what have you, and yet they have the ability to do this. They should stop giving them yours and I tax dollars because they have a right to say whatever they want to, but we don't because they stymie us. So I think now, uh, sir, sir, can I ask you a question, sir? Are you the guy that rang in last week and said you're an Indian? No, I never said or that. Part Indian. So, well, so that wasn't you. Five generations back, I had an uh, Indian blood, from what I can research, from what I can see. Right, so, so, are you are you certain that you're Indian? I well, you see, here in the United States, there is Indians that came over. Well, you'd have to go back and research what uh, Arthur, King Arthur did in England. Now, you're related to the English, so you should know that. In 300 A.D., he sent over 700 ships to try and colonize down in the south there. Today, they're called Cherokees, but you can see Cherokees that are pure-blood Cherokees, and they've got blue eyes and blonde hair. So being an Indian... That doesn't mean that they're, they're pure Aryans, though. That means they might have some Hebrew blood in them if they um, intermix with some of the um, people from England. But, I mean, if you, if you know for a... What, what, just let me say this. Just let me say this. Okay. If you know for a fact that um, you're, you're part non-white, even a tiny drop, then you, you really shouldn't be calling into the show because this is for pure-blooded well, Israelites. Now, I, I'm not trying to say same, that same. to be unkind to you or cruel... No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We need to preach to our to our fellow Israelites. So, well, you, know, you see, uh, I don't know if you're an Israelite because you're you're of English blood, and they have uh, tainted blood from the Shilamites. Well, 
Well, I tell you, well, you what, can't my say friend, that. Maybe, maybe I am non-white. Maybe if I went back into my DNA, back into my genealogy, there may be a nigger in my woodpile somewhere. I if I ever find no, that, no, no. If I ever find no, no, that out, I will leave. Okay. Yeah, you see, you know, not. you yourself have said that you're part non-white. Yeah, but that I you're disagree part with Indian. you. You see, I disagree with you. You see, well, I have a right I to disagree with you. Yahweh I know the scriptures as well as you do. I don't make the rules. I'm only telling you what he, he says. If you've got a I problem with that, then you need to take it up with the Yahweh. You need to take it up with the Yahweh, not me. Even if I said that you're okay, you're kosher, doesn't matter if you've got a, a bit of non-white DNA in you, that's fine. That's not going to change Yahweh's mind. Yahweh's still going to have his say, say on but the matter. He, already he says you have to be a pure blood. So if you, if you know for a truth, of a truth, that you're not totally white, then please don't call into the show anymore. It's, you put, put us in an embarrassing situation. Well, you know, you sound, like a, decent, you sound like a decent fellow to me. Uh, I don't want to be unkind to you, but you shouldn't be calling you into the show. This is for Yes, you do. Because you're being very rude in what you're doing. Because I tried to explain well, to you about the I'm Pharisees. sticking up for Yahweh's well, you word. You see, like if we allow you to come on the show feet. every week, sunshine, if we allow you to come on the show every week, then there are going to be people out there who think it's okay to be non-white. It's all right to have a, oh, you know, I know. a, a, a bit of non-white DNA in you. They're going to go off and they think, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll marry Pedro down the street. He's got blue eyes. He's got blonde hair. Sure, he's got a bit of non-white DNA in him. But because they let non-white pe partially non-white people onto the AB and Visser show, uh, that's okay. Now, we've got to set an example. And if that means we have to be cruel and rude in the process, so be it. Well, I'm glad so you, I'd like you, I'd, you do that. I'd like you... I'd like you Sir, you don't represent we, Yeshua. We're glad Let's you to have you say, go away. You're not a representative of Yeshua. I can tell you that. Well, you're certainly not. Oh, yes, I am. You see, my... No, you're says, not. You said you're not. My, you, you're part no white. You're first. part Indian. How can you be a representative of Yahweh if you're you not of You don't want to go to the scriptures. You never want to go to the scriptures. You want to argue that same no, argument. Got, what do you mean I, I never want to go to the scriptures? scriptures? I'm all about the scriptures. You're not. You're the one who's saying it's yes, okay. Yes, I am. You will let me tell you. DNA in you. Show me that in the scripture. Where does it say a mamza will be permitted into the congregation? It doesn't. Okay. Now, you've forced me into this position, sir. Where, where I have to be very blunt about it. And I'm sure there are people in the chat room who are saying, oh, Obi, you're terrible, you're horrible. But if you, they've got a problem, take it up with Yahweh, because nothing that I have said is unscriptural. Okay. All right. Everything's good. Everything's calm. Now, I have to ask, if you were a pie, Obadiah, what type of pie would you be? If I was a pie... You didn't hear that when the, the hate project, that was his great question. He said, if you were a pie, because we started arguing just like that. And he's like, if you were a pie, what pie would you be? And I answered quickly. I said, well, mincemeat. And then the other caller on the line, he's all, I would be the pie that kills red nigger visser, whatever that is. And then the Chad came up with some gay answer like a blueberry pie. So on the very next sermon, I actually, I preached on that. And I had mentioned how I've equipped the saints with enough scriptures to make mincemeat of their common variety snake. So what type of pie well, would you be, Obadiah? I'd be a very bitter, a very sour pie at the moment, Jeremy. You wouldn't <laughs> want to take a, a bite out of me, that's for sure. Now, I'm sure people would think I'm cruel, I'm horrible, I'm evil, but we, Jeremy, we're our brother's keepers. If we allow people who admit, and the guy volunteered the information last week, I didn't ask him, he, he just said, I'm part Indian. 
I'm part non-white. So, you know, don't blame me, folks. He came out and said it. If neither of us had said anything, then people would be, people who perhaps aren't as strong in the faith as you, you and I, they might turn around and say, well, maybe it's okay if you're partially non-white, as long as you're predominantly white, as long as you've got blue-eyed, you're blue-eyed, blonde hair, and, you know, uh, you go along with Yahweh's word. Uh, and that could lead to race mixing. You know, whenever we allow a little bit of compromise, just the tiniest infinitesimal amount into the congregation, it always leads to our people being destroyed, the curses raining down upon us to disaster. And we have to start, take a hard line over this issue. And I, I'm sorry I had to speak to the guy like that, but he really put gave me no choice. You know, what, are, what am I supposed to do? Say nothing about it and then, you know, worry about all that compromise sort of, you know, percolating in the background? We have to take a stand. So, you know, if people have got a problem, as I said, take it up with Yahweh. Obi does not make the rules. Well, you know, compromise in a lot of ways has certainly been the topic of debate over the last few months, I've noticed, you know, because there's certainly some people out there claiming to be Christian identity who are making a lot of compromises. And I'm not even talking on pork or in, in twisting the law, but going as far as even saying, you know, that non-whites and muds can be saved and so forth. And that is contrary to Scripture. When it comes to Brother Gary, I just, I, I'm going to leave Yahweh to judge him because that whole Cherokee thing, that's a mystery. And it is definitely one of those well, points. Well, where, well that's true. That, that's yeah. why I asked him, does he know for sure? But he, as long as he believes it and he says that, then we can't have him on the show. And, and I, I know that's cruel. I know that's, you know, um, uh, you know that, that, that's, you know, people are going to say, oh, Obi, you're being too hard, you're being too unkind. But we can't take any prisoners as far as this doctrine is concerned, as far as the, ra the racial aspect of our doctrine is concerned we can't there there is a, a, a clearly marked line of demarcation we daren't step across it onto the wrong side so i'm i'm sorry to 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 gary uh, he seems like a decent fellow i'm sure he hasn't he's never done a single soul a day of day's harm but um gary please don't call into the show anymore I hear you. And anyway, I never did get to get the answer. Here in here in the dirty south, it has been cold. It has been raining. So I, it's probably parallel to you now with it being well, it's almost a, winter. Well, it's a pretty bleak day here, pretty bleak morning. It's only about 15 degrees, so just double that and add 27 or thereabouts, and you'll get the uh, the reading in Fahrenheit. But it's a, a pretty gloomy old day. But um, uh, winter's clinging on, but in a couple of weeks it'll be gone and... Um, you know, things are really going well in my life at the moment. Yahweh prospered me yesterday and is just blessing me. We had a conversation a while ago when I said Yahweh was going to do these things in my life, Jeremy, and they're happening. So, um, great so it's really great. Uh, uh, you know, I must give Yahweh all the praise and the glory for what he's done for me lately. Now, Jeremy, I, I need to type up something. I've, I've almost got it finished, but I didn't quite get it finished in time for the show. So... um. And it's a letter I want to read out, and I think it's a pretty important letter, if I do say so myself. Uh, this will probably lead to more controversy. So we've had some yelling already. Maybe we'll have a bit more down the track. So can you give me about 10 or 15 minutes and entertain the troops while I get my um, act together? Absolutely. Not a problem. Not a problem. All right. I'll just yeah. finish off this little letter, and I'll get back to you. Yahweh bless. Good deal. 
Yeah, and I'm sure you, the listener, are definitely going to want to stick around for what Obadiah has to add to tonight's broadcast, because if you've been reading the show notes, you'll know that he has definitely something to say that's pertinent to the current status of Christian identity. But with that being established, I do want to recommend that you swing by org and, of course, naturally, thechristianidentityforum.net, which is Obadiah's webpage. But at my particular website, you might notice that we've currently released eight new pocket-sized paperback books, which I might add are kind of kind of good. And I'm glad to see finally the Morning Stars has been put in print after all of these years, because that was one of my series from 2007, I believe. But for a moment, I want to look at First John chapter three, because in First John chapter three, we can read it starting in verse nine. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. Now, stopping right there, what we're dealing with here, like most the whole of Scripture, once again, is a racial teaching. The teaching, of course, is that whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth within him. And what? He cannot sin, because he is born of God. Pay close attention, First John chapter 3, verse 10. In this the children of God are manifest. So, stopping there, if you want to know how to recognize the children of God from the children of Belial and the children of the devil that do exist out there, this is how. Pay close attention. And the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Now, that's a straightforward commandment from loving John, and he is saying that whosoever does not love his brother does not know God, is not of God. In a polite way, this is saying that they are not born of God. X, meaning this word of. It's not born of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Now we know Jesus Christ, of course, taught this, that no greater love hath any man than to lay down his life for his beloved kinsfolk. That we're to love our neighbor, quote-unquote, also a racial statement, as ourselves. But here what we see is John saying that a man who comes along and does not love his brother spends all his time attacking, slandering, just making up things as it is, and many of us CI pastors deal with this. They don't know God. This is how the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. How do we do righteousness? Well, we do righteousness by following the mandates that are laid down within the word. From Genesis to Revelation, it was Yahshua, Messiah, who said, I have foretold you all things. He also added, I am Alpha and Omega, the bright and morning star, the, the root and offspring of David. We know that Jesus Christ was born of the Israelite race, naturally, because he is the offspring of David. But Jesus Christ, Yahshua, Messiah, went as far as to even say, I am the root of that beloved race. It was he who created it, and it is he who put down this word. I'm, I need not remind the listener that the Gospel of John, John, the same author of these epistles, begins on that same note. And of all four Gospels, John's Gospel straightforwardly teaches more so than the other three that Yeshua Messiah was God in the flesh. It begins on the note, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and that Word was God. And in verse 14, of course, it goes on to say that that Word was made flesh and dwelt among men. Now, that word also is overlaid here within the manuscripts, not so much the translation itself, but what we're reading here 
is the words of Jesus Christ. And as Pastor Mullet so adequately pointed out, there are a million and one people out there who say, well, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. But when you go and ask them, hey, can you back up some of your beliefs within the Scripture, they're not able to do that. In fact, even this concept is foreign to them. Verse 10, again, of John chapter 1, or First uh, John, John's first epistle, chapter 3. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Now I invite you to ask your modern Judeo-Christian about the children of the devil, and they'll say, what are you talking about? The devil has no progeny. They don't have any children here on earth. Yet it was Yahshua Messiah himself who taught that there was a literal progeny of the devil on earth. And he explains it within his parable of the tares and the wheat. He says the field is the world. He says the wheat are the children of God, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. That's a pretty straightforward teaching if you ask me. Just as this one is. This is how you know the difference between the children of Yahweh and the children of Satan. Whosoever does not righteousness, meaning antinomianism, lawlessness, violation of the law, slander, gossip, whatever it is, even the desire oftentimes to be polygamous, the desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh thereof, and so forth, is how you're able to know whether somebody is a child of God or a child of the devil. Continuing on, verse 11 of John's first epistle, chapter 3. For this is the message that ye have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Love. There's that word, and that is a word within Christian identity that is considered dirty by many. They'll come along and they'll say, well, love, that makes me sound almost infeminate. But the type of love that the Bible deals with, first and foremost, establishing it out the gate, God is love. God is love. And if God himself is love manifest, and love oftentimes is not this emotion that man seeks to gratify. Granted, any love that we can show one another is taking them to God, showing them the truth. Why? Again, God is love. And this is the message you've heard from the beginning, John says, that we should love one another. Why? Verse 12. Not as Cain. And, of course, every one of my listeners knows who Cain is, because we are dual seed line Christian identity. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. Once again, there's that Greek word, ek ex which is transliterated here as of. If you look that up in a standard concordance, it will tell you that it denotes and denounces origin, explains a primary or at least a core root of where it comes from. Not as Cain, who was born of that wicked one and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Question. And this is a question from Yahweh God through John. Why? Why did Cain slay Abel? Because his own works were evil and his brother's righteous. Now I ask you, dear kinsfolk, did Yahweh God somehow err in creation? Did he come along and, and happen to mess up in Adam and Eve, his perfect initial creation and the forefathers of our race? In the fact that Cain would turn around and just somehow or another, someday, decide, hey, I'm going to kill. I've got nothing better to do today. Or could it be the actual meddling of Sataniel, the fallen one, the devil who created him as such. We know he was born of the wicked one, and this is confirmed here. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and slew his brother, wherefore slew he him. Question, why? Because he was evil. And this, perhaps, is the reason why he is not listed in Genesis chapter 5 in Adam's genealogy. Because he simply was not, albeit he was living, 
the offspring of Adam. Now, it is quite ironic that Obi and Visser have done shows on this time and time again, even going as far as proving that the early church fathers and many who, who would be considered to be Catholic, straightforward, taught the literal seduction of Eve. And so, as it stands, dear kinsfolk, there are many things that I want to share with you from the Word of God. And give me a moment, please. Go check it. Go check it. I'm not going to play. You need some help? Lost dog. <laughs> Be that as it may, we take no chances here at the Covenant People's Chapel, dear kinsfolk. We live at the end of an acre and a half of long driveway. When people come down our driveway, they're met by dogs and they're met by something that they may not like. But be that as it may, verse 13 of 1 John chapter 3, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Now, this is something that we've been dealing with for quite some time. And something that Pastor Mullet had brought up. Marvel not, if the world hates you. Why? They're going to hate you when you preach the truth. And when you preach the truth, this is exactly what happens. You are hated. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Death, of course, is a polite way of saying Satan because Satan in the book of Revelation is personified. His name is capitalized, and he is considered to be death. Stands to reason, does it not, dear kinsfolk? Because Jesus Christ himself would teach time and time again, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. This is how John, the beloved author, can make this claim. We know we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Now, I want to point out to you, dear kinsfolk, that coming along saying somebody is a Red Creek nigger, coming along oftentimes because we don't want to follow this commandment by saying, well, I don't approve of their hair color, their eye color, their pedigree, is not the proper spirit. Why? Because that doesn't disannul the fact that this particular person is accepted by Yahweh God or not. And that, dear kinsfolk, perhaps is the irony of many of these pastors out there who feel that they owe an answer to the slander. Now, I myself have been guilty of answering a slander, but I at least like to say that I have gone on their shows and called them a punk to their face. I have never gotten to the point where I have completely digressed to the point that I have to do a five-part exposition defending myself. And I might add, many of my listeners are well aware of Gene Scott. Dr. Gene Scott used to preach in the 90s, 80s, and 70s. Now, when he died, his ministry was taken over by Pastor Melissa Scott. And many people at the time were coming along saying, oh, she's a porn star, she's a whore, she's all of these things. And she answered them not a word. And the interesting thing about this story, and the reason I bring it up, is not to say whether she is or isn't, because that's still up for speculation. But she made a very good point, and it's something that Pastor Mullet and myself have addressed tonight. When you drop to defend one issue, oftentimes you are arming the enemy with the ammo to come against you for another issue. 
She said, what will I have to defend if I say that I'm not a porn star? Because I'm not. There's kind of a lot of truth within that. Of course, we know she's probably a piece of crap. She's Judeo scum. But that's the whole point. When man feels they need to defend their ego over the word of God, well, that's where they're slipping. And right now, a lot of pastors are slipping. They are falling to the point that they feel they have to defend their own ego, their own pedigree. When it is only Yahweh God who can judge any person, it is only Yahweh God who can charge, quote, unquote, any other man. All we need to do is really kind of work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, tend to our own section of the vineyard, and we will not have so many problems. But there are ministries that are completely devoted to slandering, breaking down, wrecking, and attacking other people and their name. This is character assassination, and this is also bearing false witness. And they do this under the guise of saying, well, I don't accept so-and-so as my brother. But, dear kinsfolk, what if that person that you're slandering or entertaining gossip on is accepted as Yahweh God? If we hold that thought in the back of our mind, then many of us will not fall. Because it is John who differentiates between the children of God and the children of the devil. And perhaps the only sect of Christianity, genuine Christianity out there, that teaches a literal children of the devil and children of Yahweh God is dual seed line Christian identity, tracing its roots all the way back to Cain in the Garden of Eden. Now, at this time, I'd like to... Okay, are you back, Brother Obadiah? Yes, I, I am, Jeremy. I, I didn't want to interrupt your sermon. You're on a roll, and uh, nobody can deliver a CI sermon like the verse can. Now, Jeremy, <laughs> I, I, have a hy- I have a hypothetical situation for you and the listeners. Wait till you hear this one. You're going to love this one. Let's say I had my own show. I didn't do the Obi and Vista show. I had the Obi show, okay? And I invited a Jew onto my show, okay? And this Jew was someone with whom I said I had much in common. So the Jew and I got together on the OB show and we talked about this, this database. A database had been stolen from this uh, sizable, this large white nationalist forum. And together, me and the Jew, with whom I had much in common, we went on my show and we gloated over the fact that um, a lot of decent white nationalists, a lot of scumbag white nationalists too, but a lot of decent white nationalists were going to have their, 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 uh, a lot of their personal details exposed through exposure being able to look at their PMs, their uh, IP addresses. So, so me and the Jew, we gloated over that. And here, here was I saying that I'm a CI minister. What would that say about me, Jeremy? If I did something like that, what do you think, uh, what would that say to me? What do you think Yahweh would think of me? Well, that's kind of ironic, because I just so happened to be preaching on Cain a second ago. And so since you're bringing up Cain, you know, what that would show me as a person who wants to judge the fruits would be that you're not doing the will of the Father. And that's kind of what I was addressing in that little mini-sermon, was the fact that when we defend our egos, a lot of times that's, you know, exactly what it's about. It's to cover up what's on the plain surface. I hear time and time again, well, Pastor so-and-so, he's really smart, but when you start saying that, you're already covering up for something that's embarrassing. You're doing the wrong thing. Judge the fruits. But anyway. Yeah, well... It never ceases to amaze me, Jeremy, that no matter how blatant someone's anti-Christian behaviour is, there are still people, even in CI, who think that that person is okay, that that person is just eccentric, just having a bit of fun. I mean, what does, 
Linstead has to do in order for people to see him as, as the devilish scumbag that he is? I mean, does he have to rape you know, little boys on air or something? Even then, I'm sure people would still support him. I, I mean, I give up. If, you know, he has a Jew on his show and they gloat over a white nationalist, the downfall of a, of a white nationalist forum. And while I'm not necessarily a big fan of white nationalist forum, let's face it, there are a number of decent people who do post on these forums and they're gloating over the fact that their um, personal information has been revealed is just so traitorous and doing it with a Jew no less is just outrageous doesn't that scream Antifa? That's all it screams to me and that's what I think it screams to the saints you know but there are a few of these crackheads out there who you know want to be armed with a lot of of, yeah exactly I I asked the same question how much more I mean rape wasn't bad enough gelding's not bad enough now sitting there and rejoicing over the downfall of white nationalist forums? Oh, come on. <laughs> By their fruits ye shall know them. It's such a simple teaching. Now, now I'll be honest, Jeremy. It wouldn't worry me if um, Stormfront and VNN um, fell apart, just dissolved tomorrow. Um, I'm not a huge fan of those forums at all. But I certainly don't wish the, 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 the people, the white nationalists who are on those forums, who are tr- sincerely seeking to help their race. I certainly don't want them getting into any sort of strife, you know, having their personal details revealed to the world. I certainly wouldn't wish that upon them. But, um, you know, what Linstead did was just a bloody outrage. Yet there are people who'll still go into his show next week and say, oh, you're wonderful, Marty, and, you know, oh, there's nothing wrong with Pastor Martin. He's a fine fellow. You know? Uh, right. He's actually I, I, smart. I, I, I just deny what's on the surface. Just deny all the charges and allegations. He's he's actually smart. Yeah, I know. When people start saying that, you, you, people's ears better perk up because they're defending something they shouldn't. Yeah, Jeremy, and I don't no, mean, I've another, looked at the chat oh, sorry, logs, yeah. and for the most part, they're all nimbuster trolls anyway. He's so dumb, he can't differentiate between them. I noticed in the, you know, every week when we do these shows, there's nimbusters, and they come from both directions. There's the lying, superficial hypocrites who want to elevate your head and make you think that your ego's bigger than it is. And then there's the bastards who attack you with the slander, and he can't differentiate the two. All right, now, Jeremy, we've, always, we've already had our fair share of controversy tonight. It's about to get even more controversial. You better brace nice. yourself, brother, because, um, you know, I might, this, might, this might be the last you see of the old labor gender. I might be run out of Christian identity after this. Now, now last week, a dear brother of ours, Gerald <laughs> Mosley, who we haven't heard in a, a while, and it was really good to hear him. Um, I think he used to um, go hey, on man. Bill Fink show a couple of years ago. Yeah, in I fact, he actually... He was part of the uh, Christ Laos show. They had a sideshow for a while, and I think Gerald Mosley was real active in that as well. Oh, right. So that must have been a while ago, because Bill hasn't done a Christ Laos in ages. But anyway, yeah. he raised a really interesting point that needs addressing. He was speaking about how a lot of the infighting that's been occurring in Christian identity of late, and not just lately, but for, for years, as a matter of fact, has um, caused a lot of people to leave CI. And, you know, when, when he said that, I, I didn't really think all that much of it. It was just something we sort of come to accept, albeit grudgingly. But then l- later on, after the show finished, I had a good think about it. And this is no reflection on Gerald. He was just st- stating a, a simple fact. Yeah. But are these people who've left within their biblical rights to do so? And to answer that question, I've composed a letter which I've addressed to them. It's a fairly long uh, uh, later, folks, so brace yourselves for this one. I'm it's going to be controversial. To I, I, I've been waiting for this since you posted the show notes early last week, so I'm definitely looking okay, forward so, to it. Okay, so 
if I get kicked out of CI as a result of this, Jeremy, it was nice knowing you. Okay, okay. definitely. Bang. You know the Archbishop just might, so hopefully he doesn't That's get That's right, yeah. Benny Hill style with yakety sax playing in the background. All right, anyway. <laughs> dear people, here is the letter. Dear people who have left CI because of all the infighting, what the hell do you think you're doing? Where in the Bible does Yahweh give us permission to take our leave from Christian identity or Christianity, if you want to be technical about it, because a few people or even numerous people are calling each other names? Would you please point me in the direction of the verses, or just a verse will do, that, that, that sanctions this decision you've made to abandon the greater CI community? Because I've looked and looked and can't find one. All I've been able to find are Galatians 6.9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. 2 Timothy 2.3, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.58, therefore my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. And Matthew 24.13, but he that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. But somehow, somehow I don't think any of these never-say-die verses served as your inspiration. You turned your back on CI because of the incessant, slanderous bickering that has plagued, plagued it for years. The frustration, the exasperation, the anger, the disgust, the outrage you felt as a result of all this internecine verbal warfare eventually proved too much for your delicate sensibilities, and so you hit the road. You opted out of the two-seed line rat race, so to say, for quieter, more peaceable surroundings, where you could worship Yahweh in your own way and at your own pace, without people screaming, he's a Jew, he's a Zogbot, he's a Mamzer, I tell you, in your rear, day in, day out. That's your excuse for departing, and by all accounts, you're sticking to it. Well, bully for you. While some of us have kept on spreading the word and doing our utmost to encourage one another to continue in the faith, despite the ever-present squabbling, you've stormed off to get closer to Yahweh, yet farther away from those who are made in his image and whom you've been commanded to love and to serve. You call it worshipping the Father without all of the fussing and the infighting. I call it a dereliction of duty. Imagine if all the saints in the Old and New Testaments had packed it in when the going started to get a little too tough for their liking. How different the Bible would have been then. There would have been no such thing as the patience, patience of Job, for Job would have committed Harry Kiri at the first sign of a separating boil. Jeremiah wouldn't have spent the best part of 40 years warning Judah to repent. He wouldn't have, have even spent the best part of 40 minutes. And the Apostle Paul would have tossed the towel in as soon as he learned that members of the early church resented him for instigating the unlawful execution of Stephen. These and many other hardy servants of the Most High kept on keeping on despite severe privations and fierce persecution by enemies who wanted to soak the earth in their blood. Only death could stop them from being about their father's business. But all it took for you to turn tail and run was a few voices raised in indignation. What a pack of pikers. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Yahshua tells us that to be great in the kingdom of heaven, we must become the servant of all. This means the focus of the bulk of our time and energy must be devoted to the needs of our fellow Israelites. Our needs, wants and desires must run a distant second to everyone else's. This is what Yahweh expects of us and that is what he in human form demonstrated to the disciples when he lowered himself to wash their feet and when he suffered unimaginable physical and spiritual agony on the cross, even though most of those he came to redeem with his shed blood reviled him. 
But by taking an indefinite sabbatical from CI, you've made this all about what you want and how you expect things to be. Well, I have some bad news for you all. Things are never going to be the way you want them any time this side of the second coming. Our people have fought and abused each other since the Garden of Eden without letting up. And short of a miraculous moving of the spirit or our being changed in the twinkling of an eye, that is not about to stop. But whether there's unity or disunity in the church ought to have no bearing on our service or your service to Yahweh. It may come as a rude shock to some, but our relationship with him does not rest upon how terribly our CI kinsfolk may be treating one another. It rests upon our obedience to him and nothing and nobody else. This means that even if everyone in Christian identity but you is a seething torment of acrimony, backbiting and evil speaking, you still fight the good fight come rain, hail or Armageddon. That is your reasonable service and anything less than that is outright disobedience. Bowing out of the picture because too many of our folk just aren't getting along is not an option for us, certainly not one that meets with divine approval. If we can't cope with a few people flinging pejorities of each other now, how on earth or heaven are we going to be able to cope when the feces hits the fan and we plunge headlong into what scripture characterises as the most tumultuous, appalling period in history? What are you pikers going to do then? Hide under your beds with your eyes squeezed shut and your fingers jammed in your ears? Right now, Yahweh is preparing us for this rapidly approaching time by strengthening our faith so when things get bad, and I mean really bad, we won't crumble into a quivering pile of doubt and unbelief. Staying at our post, regardless of all the bickering and schisms within CI, is a part of that strengthening process. You need to learn how to deal with it ASAP. If you think some of your fellow Israelites are cantankerous and unruly now, just imagine how bad they're going to be when there's little to no food or water and cold-blooded murder in the streets has become the national pastime. Yahweh wants you to be able to present a rock-solid testimony to them, one founded on unshakable faith and confidence in him, so that they, as well as you, will live to say, see his son ruling on earth. But as of this writing, you have no testimony of which to speak. You've just gone off to parts unknown to mourn the good old days, when people in CI used to be kind and decent to each other and slander was kept to the barest minimum. If those days ever existed at all, they won't be coming back, not in the foreseeable future anyway. Even the slanders, slanderers, have a testimony. It may not be the greatest of te testimonies, but at least when they're not hurling abuse at the subjects of their wrath and venom, they're imparting some bona fide DSEI doctrine. But what have you been doing, you know, for Yahweh and his people lately? Nothing, and next to nothing, does not count. So where do you take it from, from here? Are you going to continue to hide your light under a bushel or are you going to crawl out from under your beds and climb back on that bucking bronco we call dual seed line Christian identity? Time is running out and sitting on the sidelines isn't going to cut it. Come back to where Yahweh planted you and start making a positive difference for your white people while you still can. Sincerely, Obi. Amen. And people in the chat room are sitting and asking if you're going to post that in your forum so they'll be able to read that later. Because that's awesome. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, I agree that. with that wholeheartedly. I, you know, I've definitely seen it, and I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said the only only reason people are going to leave CI is because, well, so-and-so's ministry isn't teaching what I want. And I'm sure Pastor Mullet could testify this is something that that I've dealt with a lot. In fact, that's Marty's complete M.O., calling in, how come you're not running your ministry how I want it? It is amazing that anyone would leave CI because of all the infighting when there always has been, perhaps not as much, but there always has been since I've joined. 
And the terrible irony of it, Jeremy and listeners, is that these people, on the, on the other hand, they say, what, what a great people, you know, the white Aryan Israelite people are, we're such a hardy, strong, steadfast people, but as soon as they're a bit of bickering, they PO. I mean, it's just a, absolute hypocrisy. I mean, how dare these people talk about people being bad testimonies when they're not a testimony at all, when they're doing nothing? They've gone off to places unknown. I mean, I've been praying for some of these people lately before Gerald Mosley called in, and, and I thought they'd passed away or something. But it turns out my, some of these people, at least some of these people I've been praying for, have just piped out. What a yeah. waste of my prayers. I could have been praying, praying for somebody else. I've noticed that as well. In fact, I've been researching a lot of these names that, you know, used to be extremely active. And that's exactly what I come back to. They just left, walked off. I mean, you know, abandoned the faith, some of them, I'm sure, but it's it's amazing. Why would somebody abandon? They must not have been firmly established on a foundation or, or something like that because, you know, infighting, <laughs> it's going to be there. I mean, I've even pointed out how the Bible, Cain and Abel, there's infighting. Abraham's, you know, and the 12 children of Israel, they fought all the time. Hell, they sold one of their their brothers into slavery. Satan falling from heaven, that's sibling rivalry, you know, and so it does have to exist. It's it's just really sad. I think I think that's why it's manifest. Why you how you can tell. So overall thought should be for unity and just because we disagree oftentimes doesn't mean we got to scalp each other, quote unquote. And even if every, all of the eyes falling falling apart, crumbling into cosmic dust around our ears, we still continue on. We still preach Yahweh's word in season and out of season because this isn't about our relationship with one another, although we should do the best to be loving towards one another. That is a commandment of Yahweh. There's no denying, denying that. But as we've said a million and one times on this show, Jeremy, it is all about our obedience to Yahweh. And Yahweh says to stick at it until the bitter end. Uh, and, and it's not going to be a bitter end. It's going to be a glorious end, I should point out. But you know what I mean. You know, uh, we stick at it until he takes us out of the picture and that will be his call, not ours. We don't leave because things are getting a little bit obstreperous, too obstreperous for us. I mean, if you think they're bad now, folks, imagine what it's going to be, you know, post-poo hitting the fan. It's going to be a shocker. And, and you, you can't cope because people are calling each other names. You know, there's a reason, Jeremy, that I keep referring to myself as Obergender Bender. It's not because I'm a transsexual. And if people out there that retarded that they believe that, go... Have at it, folks. It's to show people that I'm not worried about people calling me names. It's irrelevant to me. I don't care what people call me. They can call me a murderer, a rapist, the worst pedo who ever walked the face of the earth. I know what I am, and Yahweh knows what I am, and that's what counts. It's our relationship with him, folks, that is everything. Now, whether people in CI get along or they don't, that should have absolute, make no difference to your continuing on in the faith. And if you walk off, because you don't like what people are doing, then you're going to have hell to pay with Yahweh. He's going to, you know, don't, don't expect to make it into the kingdom of heaven. You don't pike out. You keep on, you, you quit yourselves like men, as the Bible says. Yeah, exactly. Be ye men first and foremost. And that's kind of the thing, uh, you know, with all the, with, with the current slew in fighting, my advice to everybody has been just be a watcher, sit back, and watch what happens. And honestly, you know, a lot of people miss this about the, the tares and the wheat. But when the wheat comes to full harvest, the tares are still green. And not only that, they raise up above the wheat. They actually shoot towards the sun during the time of the harvest. So in essence, what I'm saying is if you watch long enough – 
toward the, t- till the time of the harvest, the tares will stick their heads up every time. And that's, how I think, how we can avoid putting our foot in our mouth. But, you know, I wouldn't want to leave because of the infighting. In fact, it's kind of exciting, you know. I, I don't say we shouldn't listen to some of the things because, you know, whatever. I, I listen to it. But when it comes down to it, it is not profitable. I've seen many a ministry tank because of gossip. I've made that mistake in the past, too. And slander. And that's exactly what happens. Someone gets their ego bruised, and they're all, oh, i got to, you know, I'm going to defend myself, and if I don't get my way like a little baby, they storm off. You know, I've seen it happen, and then what usually happens is they'll go and embrace some other clique, which means to me they never really were, in my opinion, because it's kind of like Mullet said and you said, and even I've said in past shows, I didn't choose this. Believe me, I didn't want to be hated and despised of all men like the scripture says, but that's exactly what I have to do because I know it to be truth. I have no other options. Well, look at it this way, folks. <clears throat> Pardon me. Let's say that you went to this church, a, a Christian identity church, and things are really unruly there. Maybe it was the one where that, <laughs> that fight broke out over the Sabbath. And you thought to yourself, oh, look, I can't go to this church anymore. This is so way out of order. I'm going to, you know, you, you wouldn't. If you were a true Christian, you wouldn't just go off and say, oh, look, this is too hard. It's too, you know, there's too much arguing. I'm, I'm just going to go off on my own and just do my own, my own thing. No, you'd look up to start... You'd look to join another church or start up a, your own assembly or, or a podcast at the very least or website. You'd do something to preach the word. You just don't go and hide your light under a bushel. That's not Yahweh's way. I mean, sure, granted, if somebody, if you're involved with a, a group and they're really, you know, they've really gone off the rails as far as preaching Yahweh's word and behaving according to Yahweh's word is concerned, that's fine. But you don't leave Yahweh you don't stop doing his work you just do it somewhere else and and he'll guide you he'll he'll put you in a position where you can do it but you don't just go off and say oh it's too hard for me people are arguing I'm I'm so upset what can I do that's not Christianity that's not almighty Yahweh's way I mean imagine if Christ had you know walk walking to to Calvary you know staggering back absolutely chunks missing from his back, just bleeding, his beard torn out from the roots, and Israelites are standing on the sidelines, you know, jeering him, you know, spitting on him, and they wouldn't have been just Jews, there would have been full-blooded Israelites doing it too. Imagine if he said, oh, this is too hard, I can't do it. You know, people are calling me names, you know, they've hurt me, they've injured me. I mean, he endured all that for us, and yet we cannot endure a bit of infighting. I mean, it's pathetic. Oh, yeah. just, uh, That's a great analogy. It frustrates me really no end, Jeremy. I just can't, can't deal with it. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder how they kind of wiggle around that commandment, forsake not the brotherhood, you know, because that's kind of what I've seen is, is the cliques dividing off as well. And that, that's kind of, you know, when they divide themselves in the clique and they can't be taught of no man, there goes meekness out the window in a lot of ways. And, and yeah, it's like at worst – forsaking the 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 brotherhood forsaking the assembly to me in order for somebody to do that it's almost as if they were never part of the assembly in the first place because that is a commandment and it is funny well i'm gonna leave see i'm I'm gonna not be a member of the body of christ because somebody called me a name my god man i've been called everything from a murderer to a pedo it's amazing some of the things they say but i just laugh at it I, I really think it's funny, and that's what I love, love about your attitude as well when you say that, because, yeah, there is sarcasm on the show, because it goes to show it's water off a duck's back. If, if you're debased enough to believe some of the lies that are, aren't substantiated, I say you belong over there on the turd. 
Well, I think one of the key scriptures as far as what our attitude ought to be is be still and know that I am God. You know, when all that tumult is going on around us, when everyone seems to be at each other's throats and things doesn't be going the way we planned and, you know, we, we thought we entered into CI thinking we'd have a wonderful fellowship with people, but there's so much backbiting, so much lying, so much slander, you name it. The Bible says, be still and know that Yahweh is is God. Yahweh's got it all in hand and if you need to encourage yourself folks just go to the Psalms. Psalm 34 is one of my favourites. Psalm 37. There's, there's, there's scores of Psalms you can look up or just any verse in the Bible that gives you encouragement and, and look at what the Bible has to say about our heavenly reward. The Bible says I haven't seen nor ear heard the things that Yahweh has in store for us. And I was talking to, to you about this the other day, Jeremy, and I was saying how, um, you know, if you could go to the most magnificent vista anywhere on earth, it could be a wonderful ocean, it could be the Himalayas, it could be even standing atop the Empire State Building look, overlooking all of New York City. Now, I know New York's infested with Jews and non-whites, but the city itself is quite a marvellous achievement. It's quite spectacular, the way it's built and set out. It's a, it's a tribute to um, white Aryan uh, ingenuity, isn't it? So yeah, um, I agree with you there. Uh, you know, a city but, but, skyline but, but, is beautiful. But if, yeah. if we could go to any, whatever the most magnificent vista on earth as far as you're concerned is, or even in outer space, if you look up and see the sun, don't, do, don't look at it directly, folks. That could cause you some problems. Or the moon, or the biggest star in the heavens, or the, or the Milky Way, any galaxy. All of those things that we can see and hear, what Yahweh has in store for us is greater than all those things. That's what, the, that's what that verse means. No matter what we can see, no matter what we can set our eyes on, no matter how wonderful, no matter how marvellous, the treasure, the blessings that Yahweh has in store for us is infinitely beyond that. So folks, the moral of the story is why turn your back on that? Why give up the biggest payday in the history of time because somebody's calling each other, people are calling each other names. It is just crazy. If you leave because of that for any reason, as a matter of fact, then you're an idiot. There's no, no polite way of putting it. You are a fool. We are the luckiest, most blessed people to ever walk the face of the planet. Now, I know it, sometimes it doesn't see that, seem that way because, you know, Pretty much everyone in Christian identity, you know, has to sort of, you know, live payday from payday and uh, we get persecuted and, you know, uh, Rush Limbaugh, he gets millions of listeners. Howard Stern gets untold millions of listeners and we're lucky yeah. to get 50. But the fact is, we are, we, we, we are princes, we are kings. We might be living Amen. like paupers for, for a brief time, but not for long. And when we come into our own, when we see what Yahweh has in store for us, we're gonna, first thing that's going to sweep into our minds is, Boy, am I glad I stuck with it. Despite all the infighting, despite all the calling of names, despite all the slander, I stuck with it. Now I'm with my Lord and King. He loves me. He said I've done well. I'm going to spend the rest of eternity with him, just bathing in his light. I, all my dreams, all my hopes, all my desires have been met and, and, and then some. So, folks, stick with it. Stick with it. Yeah, and, and to be the optimist in it, I look at it like this, because there's something like 10 churches in Brooks, but I know for a fact I've got more listeners than every church in Brooks combined, because they're neighborhood churches. They have 15, 30 people on Sunday. That's it. They listen. They go away. When we Godcast, when it goes on YouTube, iTunes, around the world, it is listened to literally like that video I had referenced earlier, Cain and Abel, the true story. 
That is literally viewed 333 times a day on average. It gets 1,000 views every three days. To me, that's, ama- that's amazing. So it just really goes to show that to, to be an optimist on it, yeah, I'm a small fish. I really am, but we're bigger than than people think. And, Jeremy, you did that show without me, so it just goes to show you'd be a rip-roaring success if it wasn't for Obi. <laughs> I, I hear it's the other way around, to be honest with you. You're the brains of the operation. Without the brains, what would I do? I love it, man. I love the fact you know that you bring the whole Australian and everything to it, because it shows that CI is all around the world. It truly is. There's CI people in France and Rome and all the white nations. And, and if you really go to, like, our blog, there's a visitor a visitor map section. And predominantly people who come to my webpage are from America, and they're from Europe, white Europe, and there's some in Australia. But you get the occasional Japan that pops up or the occasional Mexico. I often wonder if they, like, find it by mistake or if they're actually that way. I hear the Japanese are actually very Jew-wise. I've never really looked into it because I don't care about the Japanese, but that could be true. They they even have Japanese Nazis. Have you heard of the Japanese Nazis? Them going around in stormtroopers' uniforms with swash stickers. It's quite hilarious, actually. Yeah, yeah, they'll dress up like in Nazi regalia. It's interesting. And I know for a fact David Duke has published his book, uh, My Awakening, in the Japanese language. You know, He's a kosher conservative in my book. But for the most part, I mean, it just kind of shows you, I guess, some of the Japanese know the Jew is a virus, too. So it kind of goes to show how they really are, like our scripture, our white scripture says, contrary to all men, wherever they go. And so that's kind of the thing. I think the false prophets who claim to be CI are contrary, or they should be contrary, just as much as the Judeo-Christian who says the Jews are God's chosen. And just one last thing I'll say about to the people of less CI because of all the infighting, repent you silly sausages and come back to Yahweh. Yahweh will forgive you, but um, don't continue on Continue along the road you're on because that's um, going to spell disaster for you. You have to come back and you have to start doing Yahweh's, Yahweh's work. There, there is just no way around it. Yeah, exactly. And, you have to, and if I can just add one quick thing, you have to do it even if you don't like the people you're working with, even if you can't stand them. I hate Jeremy's guts, but I put up with him regardless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to love it, you know. No, you're not allowed to hate. You can dislike. I can dislike you, Jeremy, but I can't hate you because hate in the Bible means to oppose. And I don't oppose you. I'm for you and not against you. So, um, <laughs> But you don't have to actually like the people you love, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And it's that I always try to liken it to a family. You know, brothers and sisters fight. That's part of, like, you know, that's natural. You see that in, in wolf cubs and bears. It's little puppies who are born. They'll fight. They'll nip at each other. It's part of toughening up. It's part of taking our stripes of life. But there's a difference between having a brotherly dispute and just pure malice. You know, some of the slanderous things that are launched towards CI pastors by the Antifas in my book are detrimental. They can actually cause, and have caused me harm in the past, at least visits from the Fed. But, you know, they open a lot of doors for the Zog machine to come in and start messing with people's lives and, and people's houses. So, you know, the whole infighting thing, it's, it's, it's a necessary thing. You're always going to protect us. I'm not worried about people threatening to murder me. I've had death threats 
it's so funny to me when people, you know, cry and complain, like when you hear the TIs talking about I'm targeted. It's like you don't know what targeting is, man. Walk a mile in Christ's shoes, and he'll do just like I covered in that mini-sermon. Don't marvel when the world hates you. That's the true path, and I think we should stress that to CI. That's exactly what should keep you on the straight and narrow, is knowing that you're hated and despised of the world. I mean, that's what the Scripture teaches. Judeo-Christianity teaches the exact opposite, and acts like your life's going to be a bed of roses. And that's why I wonder, if people leave the faith because of infighting, well, what are they adopting? I hope it's not Judeo-Christianity, because that's pure garbage, feel-goodism. And something I should have added to what I was saying before about, you know, um, liking and disliking and what have you, is that the word love in the scripture, more often than not, means to serve. So when it's talking about loving your brother, being loving towards him or her, it means to, um, to serve. So it's all about service to others. And if you've left the Christian identity and just gone off on your own to be your, you know, hiding your light under a bushel, to go to, you know, just do things on your own without really interacting with any of your fellow Israelites, uh, then um, you're not serving them and you're not loving them. So you've got to turn that situation situation around in your life even if you don't have any anything more to do perhaps with the already existing ci groups you need to go off somewhere and get involved with something start up set up something yourself and start preaching the word you know whether you like yeah, it or not Definitely, and I, I do want to point out right now that we have not mentioned or, or even remotely suggested that Jarrell himself has left the faith. We're, Obadiah's presentation and whole thesis is basically on the fact that some people have. So I don't want the listener to be confused by that. I want to clarify that oh, right yes, now. Oh yes, yes, yeah, and, and I, I want to, um, I, I want to, you know, back that up. Yeah, I'm certainly not, uh, as I said right from the outset, I wasn't having a go at Jarrell, but I was just at the fact that he was saying. Uh, just, just, and not the fact that he was saying, but the the fact that um, uh, there are people in CI who well who are no longer in CI because they're they're upset about all the infighting. They shouldn't have left as a result of that. They should never have left. You should never leave for any reason apart from you know if everyone in CI was preaching that you know, non-whites can be saved or people who are part Indians can be saved, then then you'd have good reason to to go off and uh, do something else. But you certainly have to be still be about Yahweh's business but you wouldn't have you just wouldn't have anything to do with CI but there's no reason for people to do that because of infighting because our people have always fought and they're going to continue to fight until Yahweh removes that from us and only he can do it because the Bible says that we're a stubborn and stiff-necked people and I reckon I reckon that is would have to be the biggest understatement of all time now Jeremy on to a more light-hearted topic are you ready are you ready for a light-hearted topic Jeremy Always, I'm always in the in in the mood for a good joke or to be entertained. Sure, absolutely. Okay, well we've had a we've had quite a bit of shade uh, over the past hour, so we're gonna have a, we're gonna move into the light now, so to speak. Um, a couple of weeks ago, in fact, I'm not sure the exact date, but it turned out that uh, we missed, we overlooked the fact that um, our show, our humble little Obi and Visa show, turned one year of age, Jeremy. We've had we, our, our one-year anniversary shot past us, and we completely ignored it. So I was thinking now maybe we'll look back on that year, look at some of the highs and the lows, and discuss that, have a few laughs, have a have a few tears, and you know just just get into um, what the show means to us, and you know what we've done and what we haven't done perhaps over the past year or so. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I've got a lot of good memories, a lot of good memories. And I, I might add, too, before we get into this topic, that uh, Pastor Faber has agreed to be on our show. And so as a result of that, I haven't confirmed and or set a date, but it may be as early as even next week. Absolutely. So I'll definitely keep you posted on that. So he, he's he's definitely another interview that will be kind well, of interesting okay. in five years. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to to hear Pastor Jay. I was a big fan of his. Um, now we're. Um, I'm just cranking up my computer here because I, I, what I have, I have a file called Obian Visa. I've got all your your telephone number, bank account details, and everything there. And I every every, every ad every yeah. at the every end of every month, I pass it on to the ADL. But no, what I have, you know how often I read off show notes that I do for the show. Well, I'll save them all, so you know we can look back and look at some of the subjects we've done, some of the topics we've covered, and maybe go, go over them, maybe even improve them sometime in the future. So what I'm going to do shortly is look through some of the various topics we've done, because though we've remembered... The, oh, no wonder that's not working, that's not on. Uh, because um, e- even though I'm sure we'll remember quite a few of the shows we've done, there are probably some little segments that we've forgotten all about entirely. So as we're talking, as we're having a discussion here about uh, the highs and the lows of the highlights and the lowlights of um, Obi and Visser, well, um, I'll have a scroll through it. But, Jeremy, what are some of your favourite shows? What, are, what have been some of the best shows you reckon we've done? And if not the best shows, your favourite shows? <coughs> That's a good question because offhand, the shows that usually over long, a long amount of time end up being my favourites are usually the ones I enjoy doing the least, and those are actually interviews. I always stress over interviews. I, I always, you know, I don't like looking forward to them because people can say things, and they're always controversial. And irregardless of what you do, you know, people will affiliate you with guests. For example, I've had Eli on, and people say, oh, I support Eli. I don't support nor condemn no man. But offhand, some of the things we've done with Pastor Bob – those were really light-hearted, good shows. The one we did with Wickstrom, where he talked about uh, going on Larry King, that stands out. Even Don Spears, his interview was really great for a testimony of how a 30-year Baptist minister can find the truth of CIA. I might add his daughter, Cammy just had a birthday. I think it was yesterday or the day before. So happy birthday, Cammy! if you're listening. Many happy returns, Tammy. Yeah, but the interviews, the interviews always stand out because I I find myself over the years always going back to the interviews. I forget what I preach, and oftentimes I'll come across a sermon and be like, I don't even remember doing that, but I always remember the interviews. And the weird thing about those is you're able to put them on irregardless of what time it is or how many years later, and even I, as a pastor, can learn from them. And to me, that shows the importance of having these interviews, especially with a lot of the older generation who are going to soon pass. We need to get them, you know, talking about how they came to Christ, their their favorite verses and everything. And those are what the interviews that, that the Obi and Visser show have done have centered on. And, and some of those are some of my fondest memories, ironically. Yes, well, one of my favorite um, shows was the one when we had Pastor Wickstrom on. I was really thrilled to uh, be speaking with James Wickstrom, because um, I'd, I'd been a fan of his show for many years when I started listening to it back in the, the halcyon days of the Hal Turner network, before we knew, well, before I knew Hal Turner was a, a no-good rat. Shame on me for not seeing that uh, much earlier. But anyway, that was a, a wonderful interview. And when he, when he was talking about how he shook Larry King's... <laughs> when he 
shook his hand. He said it felt like a limp noodle. I thought that was a classic. I thought that was hysterical. And, of course, um, and the next time, Pastor, are you there, Jeremy? Are we still on? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, right, sorry. Oh, okay. And we must have him on again because I'm dying to ask him about the Phil Donahue show because we were a bit limited for time when he was on the first time. We didn't get to ask him about that. I'm sure there are some wonderful stories about his controversial appearance on the Phil Donahue show back in the 80s. But, of course, there's James Wickstrom, there's Pastor Bob. I mean, Pastor Bob, I think, was our first guest, was he not, Jeremy? He was the first interview we did. So that was a a thrill to be talking to, to Pastor Bob, even though he's way too soft on the Jews. You know, I mean, yeah. Bob, if you're listening, brother, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Way, Marshmallow Bob, it's true. You are Marshmallow Bob. But no, it was great to have Pastor Bob on. And um, we had him on twice, as a matter of fact. And we must have him on again. I'd love to have Pastor Bob on. And uh, it was a thrill having him on, actually, the second time, because, you know, of course, he had that heart attack. And, um, you know, I was, yeah. we were all, you know, worried and praying for Bob, of course. So it was good to have him on and hear that he was, you know, in, in pretty good spirits and in pretty good health. So, and uh, continue to keep him in your prayers, folks. Uh, I keep Bob in my prayers that Yahweh will send his word and give him a complete healing. So uh, that was good. Uh, Eli James, the, um, I'm going to get into trouble for saying this, saying I enjoyed having Eli James on the show. But the show we did, um, and he spoke about, he, he reminisced about, um, uh, his time in Vietnam was a real eye-opener for me. And really, Yahweh had his hand on Eli at that time. You can see that uh, you know, Yahweh protected him and just went w- what went on in, um, in Vietnam. He talked about that nigger who, who you know, was a bit ticked off with uh, Eli, tried to shoot him at one stage. He was going to put a bullet in him. Remember wow. that? Yeah, I do. And somebody intervened just at the, at the last second. And uh, yeah, so that that was an extraordinary um, that was an in- extraordinary show. That one. Um, what other shows? Um, well, one of my favourites, Jeremy, is the time I interviewed you. Oh yeah. I think this yeah. was this was the third time I think I'd been on your show. There was the first one where I sort of came on, and oh boy, I, I listened to some of those shows, and I was atrocious. People think I, I'm deplorable now, but I mean I was atrocious back then. I've improved. I'm, I'm in, just deplorable now, but I was atrocious back then. Um, so the, uh, the first time we, sp- we spoke on air, that was, you know, re- a favourite show simply because it was the first time we spoke on air. Um, but, but the interview I did with you and you, you explained how your parents were heavily involved in the Freemasons and your mum was, what was she involved in? Eastern Star, yeah. That's the female oh, version right. of it, yeah. Oh, right. Yes, that was really intriguing and about your, your uh, you know, meeting all of, all of the... It was like a who's who of 1980s sitcom stars, wasn't it? You, <laughs> yeah. you knew people from Who's the Boss, not, not Who's the Boss, from um, Growing Pains, um, Family yeah. Ties. Yeah, that was that was extraordinary. I mean, gee, and, and you're speaking about how you knew some rock stars. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's a wonder you're, yeah. not, fa- it's, yeah, it's a wonder it's you're not famous, Jeremy. It's a wonder you, you haven't got a string of, you know, B-grade movies or something to your name, you know, uh, <laughs> Well, you know, honestly, I look back on a lot of those things, those aspects I look back on with a sense of shame. But then I start saying, you know what, Yahweh raised David up in the enemy's camp for a reason. And I think a lot of those mistakes I made as a kid, like hanging out with Chris Holmes from Wasp or being involved with the band Guar, kind of defined me into who I am today. So I guess there really is no such thing as a bad mistake if you learn from them. Yes, where would you be in CI if it wasn't for Gua? Now, <laughs> yeah, or 
Or Kirk Cameron, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kirk Cameron. You should. Hey, you know something, Jeremy? Let's invite him on the show. We won't tell him what it's about, and then we'll start talking about, you know, how the Jews are a pack of rat bags and we hate niggers. Would that be <laughs> embarrassing for him, eh? And we'll, we'll get entertainment fun. tonight. We'll get entertainment tonight to film it. <laughs> yeah. We'll be on Kirk entertainment Cameron, tonight in TMZ. That would definitely get us some. It would probably make the news because they love using yeah. Kirk nowadays as their poster oh, I'll tell you what, that'd put us on the map, Jeremy. I tell you what, we'd get thousands of listeners. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, now, what else? What else was there? Oh yes. Now, now I shouldn't mention this show, and I think you know where I'm heading with this. But it, it was a guilty pleasure for me. It was the time I had my two and a half hour run in with Pastor Martin Lindstedt. I really enjoyed that. It was great just talking over the top of him because I, it always used to frustrate me how he'd come on to call into these podcasts and, you know, people... And, and he'd just talk over the top of people and people would let him. So I thought, if, he, if I do a show with him, I'm going to talk over the top of him and that's what I did. And I gave him a sound thrashing. In fact, uh, even people that don't like me said I gave him a sound thrashing. So that was a real, a real thrill for me to, get, to, to kick. To kick the paper CI's immense unspeakable behind and it was yeah, funny he, after i after after speaking with him for about two and a half hours i had to go and and i listened to the archive portion of the show that i wasn't on i, I mean you and he spoke for about another 20 30 minutes and he said i ran off as if to say after two and a half hours you know i you know the fear of yahweh got into me because of pastor martin i just couldn't cope anymore so i just fled a quivering cowering wreck i mean just what an idiot but no, that was a very entertaining show, and having George Takei, remember Takei rhymes with Lindstedt, folks, um, that, was, that was a bit of fun too. And that, that, that show featured quite prominently in our highlight, highlights package, our six-month highlights package from last year, I think it was. We celebrated our six-month anniversary. Well, we're celebrating our one-year anniversary now. Yeah, and you know, I might add that that interview with Rabbi Samuelson, believe it or not, if you go to the audio section of our webpage, it is the only audio show plugged and promoted to the front with Pastor, quote-unquote, Samuelson. Because even though I've gone 20 probably hours with this guy, I'm never going to showcase it because it's always embarrassing. It's always ridiculous. And like I said, I like to attack him on his own show. He's not coming on mine. But, but you know, actually that show was so good where you, may, you handed him his hat that it is actually linked. And you can download it at Covenant People's Ministry in the special edition section of the audio archives. And, and folks, if ever you want to beat, we've said this before, but if ever you want to beat Marty in an argument, and, and believe me, it's no boast. <laughs> yeah, I go on slapping the retard. There's no boast to, beat, to say you beat him in an argument. It's like saying you, you beat a blind midget in a boxing match. I mean, you know, come on, folks. The guy's a complete retarded imbecile. But, I mean, if you want to stop him dead in his tracks, just ask him to prove anything he says. Yeah, you know, that's true. That he'll be bumming and ahhing about it and you know, spouting all the lies, but in the end it'll boil down to him saying, oh, I don't need proof. So Yahweh, yeah, exactly. Marty, or someone Marty's told above, me. Marty's above Yahweh's law. Yahweh requires two, two or even more witnesses to, to prove something. But um, not, not, not Marty. He needs no witnesses. He needs no proof, no tangible evidence or eyewitness testimony at all. He's, he's above, Marty is so holy, he's above Yahweh's law. Yeah, it's amazing. He's not only he's not only judge, but he's trial. 
he's the he's the the jury, the executioner, everybody. You gotta love it to be that high minded. I wish I could see as high up as Marty's at, I'll tell you what. But I love that show too, actually. It's probably the only thing I did want to showcase that I've ever dealt with him because everything else has always been an embarrassment. But to hear him actually go head-to-head with you for the first time and you completely clobbered him, and, and, and I might add, has resulted in a year of him stalking you. Every show, he's on the line. Every show, you know, and then, yeah, I love that one. That was great. That just shows you, Master and Servants, who owns who. In my opinion, Obi owns Marty. And I also enjoyed the, the Don Elmore interview especially oh i had a real hearty laugh at this where he spoke about how he ran over this fat negress one time remember that yes he's yeah. driving his car down the road <laughs> he ran, he ran yeah. it down and she rolled over the top and back and, and over the over the trunk and she oh what a classic that was hysterical <laughs> hello i'm here can you hear me? Oh, right. Sorry, I just heard a few beeps. Oh, a few more. We'll ignore those. But, yeah, that was hysterical. His recounting of that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in this show. We must, if ever we do another highlights package, or we must do a, have an opening theme to the show. Jeremy, you're still there? The beeps say. Are... Yeah, I'm still here. I hear it. The talk right. to Jews. Yeah. The talk to Jews. Um, quote, they miss Logan Hunter. That, poor guy retired. I know. He's opening in Disneyland for CI adherence. Isn't that good? Yeah, well... well <laughs> <laughs> He's going to open that. What's it called? A CI Grand Opry. Uh, I mean, <laughs> now okay. I understand that the Grand the Grand Ole Opry is some sort of it's some radio show where they have country and western singers on. Is that right? Or is that, yeah, it that is right? actually. If you go there, not only is there the Grand Ole Opry up in Tennessee, but there's also uh, Opry Land, and Opry Land is like a Six Flags, and so people go to Opry Land and they'll go and hear, you know, the current country, which is horrible, I might add. They'll go and hear those people instead of the greats that started it back in the era. And then they'll go ride little rides and, and get their balloons and their cotton candy. That's why I kind of laughed about that. Very few people, you know, Grand Ole Opry is only open like once or twice a month, but Opryland's open year-round. So what the Grand Ole Opry became is a, is a spectacle and an amusement park here in the States. Well, there you go. Grand Ole Opry starring Logan Hunter. Maybe he fancies himself as a country and western singer. Maybe he might he be the next Johnny Nash, you know, or Tommy Cash. If you remember Johnny's bastard brother here in the States, he had like three albums, and he sounded like Johnny Cash. He had the same train sound, the same twang and everything, but the irony was is it was Tommy Cash. And he was horrible. I don't think he has that many records now, but a lot of people, they never, they never mention Tommy Cash because everyone remembers Johnny. Well, if Logan Hunter does his own you know, little radio show, his Grand Ole, CI Grand Ole Opry, he can invite so many interesting guests on. I mean, he's communicated with Adolf Hitler, who's living yeah. in the future. Yeah, you know, he could um, get John the Yahweh's already, Yashua's already returned where, where, where Hitler is at the moment, so Hitler's Adolf's having the time of his life. He can invite Adolf onto his show. Imagine what a scoop that would be, speaking to Adolf for the first time in, gee, what is it? 100 uh, years. Or so, yeah. 70 years now, at uh, your first time anyone's heard from Hitler in, in 60 or so years. I mean, and, and he could, Logan Hunter could have the scoop. But that's what I'm talking about. Not even Ticketmaster could book John the Baptist or Adam himself, but Logan could. 
So I would definitely throw down or buy for a dollar a ticket to uh, Logan's CI version of Opryland. <laughs> He's going to build and, and that we, on his mom's property, I might add. Good luck and, on and two we acres. Must, we must invite Logan Hunter on the show. We must have a DSCI for dummies, maybe part 10 or something, you know, how to cast demons out of people, because apparently he's an expert. He cast, how many demons did he cast? <laughs> yeah, out of his ex-wife. 50 or so demons? 50 or so demons, yeah, that's the claim. That's a lot of demons. <laughs> I'm telling you, somebody with spiritual discernment, you think they'd know who's who and who's a Jew, wouldn't marry one. But, oh well, so much for discernment, eh? Well, Marty reckons he rocked up at his place, you know, that comedy of errors situation, with a Hispanic woman or something. And uh, so so I I, I think perhaps the DSCI message, somewhere along the line, has sort of got it. Uh, has got lost on poor old Logan. Uh, I think perhaps he thinks that, you know, a, a little non-white drop will do you. Um, yeah, maybe so, he's uh, a universalist. I don't know what the deal is there. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so anyway, Jeremy, that, that was some of our, um, our favourite shows. But what about some of our least favourite shows? For me, it would have to be our, our anniversary show where a Jews guy and P.P. Dembski... By the way, did you hear P.P. Dembski the other night? Somebody posted a link on your forum to... He, he rocked up on the News Guy show and he, he had this sort of Alvin and, Alvin and the Chipmunk voice and he pretended to be your son, Josiah Visser, he called him. Yeah, himself. Josiah. Did I you? actually did hear that. And You know, yeah. it's funny. It's when it happened, I said, huh, sounds like Pademski. When we slowed it down a little later, sounded like Pademski. <laughs> but I got to give you this. At least he was. At least he didn't really say. Apparently, somebody said that that there was some cross dressing mentioned. I didn't catch that part, but he. Sh- I'd rather him him pose as a quote unquote Josiah Visser than little Malachi. I'll tell you what. Yeah, but isn't it nice to hear that his voice is finally broken? I was so pleased to hear that. I know, and Alvin and the Chipmunks. You know, I was thinking of putting together a dual seed line version of that, at least some of the greatest trolls we've had over the years, and kind of rock them up with the 80s version, Alvin and the Chipmunks, and that would be a perfect clip. If we do a, a new intro to the Obi and Visser show, that, you know, we'd have to put a little clip in there of that. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Pastor Mike. Remember that time he. You, you you just had your falling out, and you went on his show, and you were you, you were you were hurling abuse at him left left right and centre, and he was going wait 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 wait. Remember that? <laughs> oh, I'd yeah. love to hear an Alvin oh, and the Chipmunks version of that. That would be a comedy classic. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Marty couldn't handle it. He always yeah when it when it when it comes down to level playing field, he doesn't like it. He likes to he likes to be in control. He's he's the bear, you know. He wants a twink. And so when I, that's, how, that's how it always plays out. He wants to mute somebody, then talk crap about them, slander their wife, their children, and everything else, and then unmute you and say, okay, what do you have to say? And the second you take a breath, rah, he cuts you off and, and goes into another spiel. He's a retard. But, yeah, the, the least favorite shows, I don't really have a least favorite show, even when I look back on some of the things that could be considered somewhat you know, well, every single time Christ taught, he brought division. <coughs> and every time we, we, we do a show, we bring division. Tonight is no different. You know, and so, like, when we did King James, uh, there were people who went out and said, oh, King James, 
Obi and Visser are promoting King James. We never once did. We were talking about the man. When we did the Spanish Inquisition, it caused a lot of people to go in defense of Catholics. When I had Eli on, you know, it caused a lot of people to come and say, oh, Pastor Visser's a universalist. But, you know, I look back on those shows, and even though they could be considered maybe things that, that like, I wouldn't have done, they were done, and they are what they are. And I look back, and I even see the necessity of those. I'm actually proud of our King James show. It, 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 you know, I didn't at the time. I knew it would be controversial, but now I look back. I think we, you, at least, gave a strong presentation on the life of the man. And that's what a, few, a lot of people miss, you know. So I don't really have any bad things. Probably the only thing would have been the whole Pastor Bill thing, but it wasn't really disastrous, and I look back on it, and it was necessary. Well, well, I'm kind of ambivalent about that, because at the time I, I, I sort of regretted doing it, but now I look back and I thought, well, hang on, this guy had been slandering me all over the place for months. You know, I had to say something, and um, but, uh, you know, Bill's gone off now, um, he got egg on his face when he was proclaiming, when he was prophesying my end, because uh, apparently you and I had a, a, an alleged falling out, which we most certainly did not. So um, after that, after you and I came back and became friends again, Jeremy, quote unquote, um, yeah. there really yeah. wasn't I, any I, place right. for him to go. But he's, he's slunk off, he, he, he's sort of sneaked off into the darkness, but he, he'll, he'll slink back sooner or later and try to hook up with some organisation and try to, um, you know crawl his way into favour with them. But, uh, you know, once they get to know the kind of person he is, if he hasn't repented, and I can't see him doing so, then they'll realise, you know, oh, this was a bad investment. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's really the thing. It's like a lot of that, the things that we have done over the year, last year, they've been necessary because that's how I know we're on the right path. It's got to cause division. People are going to take things out of context. People are going to get mad at you. But just as many people leave, and this is from personal experience, there are just as many who come back. In the last month I, or in the last, say, six months, I've probably seen 40 regulars go away. But they've all been replaced with new, new people who I've actually talked to some of on the phone and some by email who are steadfast. And so that's what, I, what I'm saying. It, it, a lot of times – I think our human nature is to say, let's avoid what's controversial. But in retrospect, when you look back on them, they're not quite so controversial as they are mandatory. And I'm looking forward to the, the hailstorm of slander that's going to come when I have Pastor Jay Faber on. Because there's idiots walking around saying, lying about him and me and, and emails that were exchanged and all sorts of things. It's like... <laughs> Just having one of my oldest friends on the radio, hey, that's fulfillment enough, but it's going to be great because it's going to put pie further on the face of the liars. Not that I care or that they even have a listenership, but it just goes to show people may leave, but they'll eventually come back if they're true. And, and, and Faber never left. He's just being a watchman, and I respect that, actually. All right. Now, I'm looking at um, this file I've got, the OB Invisa file, where I've got all my, it's a Microsoft doc, I'm just looking for various subjects that we've done um, this past year, we've tackled segments, and uh, at the, the top of it I've got ideas for shows, whenever I come up with an idea for, for a show, and I came up with a beauty a couple of weeks ago and I've forgotten it, can't for the life of me remember it, 
remembered it. I thought, oh, Jeremy, you'll love that. So will the listeners, but uh, it'll get back to me. But anyway, these are so. So these are some of the ideas I've got for future shows, and uh, we'll certainly be doing these, and we'll get back on. We'll, we'll, we'll get on to what we've done in past shows shortly. But these are f- ideas for future shows. The first one is Ancient America. That's going to be a really long show. That one. It's going to t- going to have to go through quite a few books to. Um, Cobble that together, then Jews are the same the whole world over. We're going to look at that, how Jews, um, how Jews sort of work their evil in some of the less, I won't say less well-known countries, but countries that we, we don't think of that often. When you, t- t- when, when you think of Jewish behaviour, you think of term, in terms of continental Europe um, back in the Middle Ages and, um, and in America today and in Britain. But we're going to look at Jew, what Jews do in some of the smaller white countries. Uh, rock and roll and rock spiders about pedophilia and the rock and roll industry. We haven't done that yet. Hi-fi sci-fi. That's not a reference to uh, our dear Pastor Fa- Faber. That's uh, an unusual look at the Jewish question. Uh, that's straight from my book, which I haven't um, given up on, even though I haven't had much time to do any writing on it. But um, that, that's straight from that book. But uh, I think people really enjoy that. It's a unique look at the Jewish question. And also unsung heroes of the Bible. And I came across a beauty the other day that uh, I'd like to discuss sometime. Now, in relation to what we've done on past shows, well, there was, there's Desert Island Versus. I know that's a very favourite segment of yours and mine, is it not, Jeremy? Absolutely, and I think the end of this month is going to be our ninth version of that, so it'll definitely be our longest-running series, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Well, that the first one, can, can you remember what the... It doesn't matter if you can't, but can you, can you jog your memory and see if you can remember what the first topic we covered what covered was in Desert Island Versus. And for those people who might be new, there's a show called Desert Island Discs in, the, um, in Britain and uh, they invite celebrities and politicians into a studio and they say, if you're stuck on a desert island, you could only take five songs with you. Which songs would you take and why? Well, we do a scriptural version of that. We have, if you're stuck on a desert island, you could only take five individual verses from the Bible with you, which, which verses would you take and why? And usually we have a particular theme. Do you remember what the first theme was? I believe it was general, if I'm not mistaken. It was general versus pertinent to Christian identity. Actually, but you're could... right. I, I, I've, got, I've got, this would probably be the second one we did, because I think, I think you're right, Jeremy. We did one where we just gave our five favorite verses, just whatever. You're right. But the first, I think, official version of it that we did was on prayer and i've prayer. got here is one of my one of my one of mine psalm fifty five seventeen. evening and morning and noon will i pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice and you had five yourself yeah yeah and prayer was important and i think the beauty of that and probably the reason it was was because that was i believe i could be mistaken we picked that up after we completed the spiritual gift series and that was pretty lengthy it was like it was six parts or so and that was a you know i think a lot of people maybe overlook that one but that was a, a a whole series in itself on the spiritual gifts and the necessity of the spirit oh that's right yes i forgot all about that Gee, how how could i forget that that was an important yeah. series how many it's like how 20 many, hours yeah i know yeah how <laughs> many additions did we do how many parts? Four or six. five or something? Or? Six. There were six spiritual six. gifts. Yeah, yeah. Good grief. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that. You're absolutely right. I'm just looking at some of the um, uh, things here. This was from Catanooga Cats, which was a yeah, play, was play a on the Catanooga Cats. And uh, this was from, 
I, I read a, read an article, not an article actually, I think it was a post that was posted, where was it? Oh, Vanguard News Network. The, it read, wagon burners more welcome at the Vanguard News Network forum than white racialist Christians. Actually, that might have been from the white reference blog. And what's happened to that lately, Jeremy? Yeah. I haven't seen a new post there in ages. Antichrist must have gone over to Tel Aviv to say hello to his mum or something. What, what's the yeah, deal there? that's what I'm wondering. I was just noticing that. You know, it seems like the Pope of CI is kind of left with nobody these days. But, yeah, there hasn't been a post over there for two and a half months. I, I guess if I was like a lot of my detractors, I would go out and say he's in jail or he's locked up for pedophilia. But yeah, I'm kind of glad to see he's not doing anything because he was a debase individual, in my opinion. Right. And um, I'm just looking here, and I, I was quoting that, that um, title had to do with um, some comments that were posted in White Reference Blog's comment section, and that was from some lunatic. Anyway, we read them out. I won't read them out again. And then below that, I've got the extinction of the Australian pygmies. Do you remember that segment, Jeremy, where I spoke about... Uh, this was from an Australian um, uh, periodical called Quadrant. They are talking about how there used to be a race of pygmy aborigines here in Australia that were wiped out by our environmental, lo loving, kind, wonderful aborigines. But yeah. uh, that's an aspect of Australian history that a lot of people like to sweep under the carpet because it doesn't really help the, the aboriginal industry any. Yeah, and I think on that show we brought up a Trilogy of Terror movie because that's kind of like... May I could be mistaken, but that's what was in my head when I think Aboriginal pygmy. I think of the little creature in the guy from who directed Dark Shadows film Trilogy of Terror. Oh yeah, that was a that was a great um, episode. That one, part of the thing that was. Gee, I remember watching that by myself years ago on an old black and white TV, and I was in a state of terror. Like oh, I was checking yeah. under the bed, and uh, in case that little you know uh, what do they call it a zuni fetish doll. Yeah, it was a Zuni fetish doll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was creepy. I mean, for the, especially when you consider it was like in the 70s or early 80s. It was pretty well done, yeah. And the end where <laughs> That's Karen an Aboriginal Black is, is squatting in her kitchen. She's, she's, she's jabbing that, that um, carving knife into the kitchen floor and she smiles and her, she's got those you know, demonic teeth like the Zuni fetish doll has. And this, this, this you know, oh, hellacious look in her, her eyes. That was really scary. Yeah, in fact, the um, ending of that is almost comparable to the very, very end of Sleepaway Camp. You know, say what you will, but either way, both of those films are going to leave an impression on your head when you walk out of the theater. You didn't see that coming. Yeah, that's right. You find out, you find out he, she was an, oh, he, no, she was a, a, an over-gender bender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whoa, talk about yeah, I didn't see that coming. But that that image will engrave itself on your head if you allow it. The end of Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> well, when when it, whenever Amy Rose go, goes on a date, you know, um, that sort of situation get that that scene repeats itself. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, we we covered. Did Enoch die? We talked about did Enoch go up to heaven or did he go someplace else? So we did a bit of a Bible study on that. Just scrolling through the. Down the page here. Uh, oh, Jeremy, this is one that's near and dear to your heart. No, your heart, I should say. No devils. We did a segment on no devils. It was mainly you. You handled that one. I added a few little things here and there, but that was mainly your baby. Seeing you've written a, is it one book or two on that subject, Jeremy? One, definitely. But the Morning Stars is kind of a sub-series of that that wasn't featured in the Satani L. So. 
Yeah, I love addressing the devil, and I'm so glad that that our interviewee brought up the no devil in the single seed line. You know, these guys, huh, don't even get me started. I love bashing those guys. And we did a little talk on polygamy. Is it biblical or is it not? And you know, polygamy, and the believe it or not, folks, is not approved of Yahweh. Despite what yeah. some people may yeah. say, it's not sanctioned by Yahweh. It doesn't mean that you're going to go to hell. Not that we necessarily believe in hell and CI if you practice polygamy, but it's something that displeases Yahweh. Just find one wife. Get your, just, look, if you meet the white queen, you don't need anyone else. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and that's the whole thing. It's like the, the overwhelming consensus on that was positive. And so I was actually refreshed on that because there's a lot of the whole polygamous mindset, and it's usually men trying to justify their own desires, of course. But I was nervous when we brought that one on, and, and I've heard nothing but good things about polygamy versus monogamy in the Scripture. So that right, was the this... actually a necessary one. Now, this will jog your memory, Jeremy. In fact, this will probably be pushing it, actually. You probably won't, don't remember this. I, I wouldn't have remembered it unless I'd seen it in black and white on my computer monitor at the moment. Um, what was the first Bible contradiction we solved? Oh, wow. I let me think. I could, I don't know. I'm going to take a guess. I think it might have been Jesus is not a Jew, but I could be wrong on that. No, no, I'm sorry. No, this was Elijah, the little children, and the she-bears. Oh, yeah, with the bald head, bald head, yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember you discussing that, yeah. And that was so in we reference that, to a, a post, I think, that was on VNN. Yeah. So the little children weren't little children. They were young adults. And uh, these people were lying in wait. They, we, we believed, uh, just reading between the lines in the scriptural account, is that um, they set up the she-bears to come and attack Elijah, but uh, Yahweh said, no, they're not going to attack my prophet, they're going to attack you. And that's what happened. Now, of course, I'm you know, reading between the lines here. It doesn't say that in so many words in the Scripture, but that's how I certainly viewed the situation. So that's just a bit of opinion as far as Obi is concerned. Um, we had another Desert Island verses. Now, what did we speak about here? Um, now, the first... First verse I had was, but now I, this is Second Corinthians 11.3, but now I am fearful, lest that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, so your minds may be corrupted and seduced from wholehearted and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. It's the Amplified Version. So what was that about? That was about just, just trying to think what the theme was. I didn't write the theme down. Um, I, I think it was just about worrying and, and um, you know, having, having good thoughts. You know, merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I also had that scripture. So I think... That's what that was about. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. We've done eight official releases on that so far. So it's going to be, I know. we And, and you know what's funny is the, the topics on that have really ranged the gamut. We've even done one on the NIV. And that's, that's really popular, too. So I, I think it had necessity for a lot of NIV Bible users to point out the inconsistencies. And uh, I think I even threw a curveball in that and pointed out one where it transliterated Lucifer as light bearer, which was actually better. But, yeah, that was we the uh, Desert Island Versus series. It ranges the gamut from seduction of Eve to general Christianity to exactly what you said, worrying, which is important. Now, we uh, did another Bible contradiction solved. I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't written every single thing we've done, just... Uh, things that related to things that I, I had to say. So, you know, I, I post them on my, in my Microsoft doc and I, I read them out on, 
on air. I find it uh, easier for me to do, do things that way. Uh, but we did another Bible contradiction solved, and we've done several, actually, that have centred around a, um, a thread that um, Glenn Miller, Frazier Glenn Miller started on VNN where he um, you know, speaks about so-called Bible contradictions and boy, the first one he came up with was pathetic. <laughs> he, he didn't even get, get every, put everything in context and he completely, he, he just completely misinterpreted the, the scripture. And, and what was it he quoted? Where was it? Um, oh yes, this was the verse. Um, it was from Isaiah chapter 13, verse 16 to 18. This was the verse he, he put down. Um, their children shall be dashed to pieces before their eyes, their houses spoiled and their wives raped. Dash of the young men to pieces, have no pity on the fruit of the womb, the children shall not be spared. So um, he was saying that it was Yahweh's will for uh, you know, those people to be dashed to pieces, that, that Yahweh was saying, you know, go out and dash the people to pieces and do all this, and it turned out it was the Medes who, who were conducting all these atrocities, not Yahweh's people, so he couldn't even get the people right. Yeah, and you'd expect so much more from somebody who used to profess to, to preach Yahweh's word. I was actually disappointed in Fraser Glenn Miller on that one, because there are documentaries out there, I think he might even be in blood in the face where he's preaching. I know I've seen the footage, and he, he was pretty good, you know, in my opinion. Maybe if I watched it now, all these years later, I would have a different opinion, but he should know better honestly, because he used to, quote-unquote, be a CI preacher, or claim to be. Now, uh, we did another Desert Island Verses. I'm not sure which number this would have been, but uh, the theme was the, the servant of all. So uh, we spoke about this at some length this evening, as a matter of fact, how important it is to be the servant of all. That's why we're telling people who have left CI because they're unhappy with how other people are behaving, is that uh, they need to come back and be servants to people. They need to show us how to act. They need to set a better example that we can follow. You know, if people are being a poor testimony, then we need to be a better testimony more than ever before, don't we, Jeremy? I mean, we can't pike out and say it's all too hard. I'm just going to pack me, pack up my troubles and my old kit bag, as the old Aussie song goes, and just, you know, just go off and do things on our own. We've got to serve people, and that means being involved in the mix, being involved in CI in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah, I always like to reckon gossip and slander to junk food. And honestly, you know, there's a lot of factions now that are infighting and, and using names and doing long series. And I'm sad, saddened by that. I wish that they would put aside their differences and focus on the real enemy. But I, all I can say is exactly what I said in the past. I'm going to trudge forward and, be, and set a better example because they're slipping. And I know when somebody down the hall is going to have a gossip show slandering somebody or even us, it's going to be more profitable in the interim. Right away, everyone's going to go over there and listen to it, but it has no long standing. And so that's what I'm saying. I'll do shows with no listeners. And, and that, as Mullet put out, you know, in a lot of ways, I wish we could mute the chat room. It's really for the sake of the people who have fellowship in there. I hate talk show in that regard because, you know, there's so much infighting and so much worrying about a lot of things. And it, and it, it is. It's a distractant. The way of the enemy is just to distract by any means necessary. And through it all over the last year, we've persevered on it, in my opinion. We haven't really mentioned names. We haven't gone in those paths. And I think we've stepped up our game. And, and as a result, you'll see, like you saw tonight, there was probably 75 people in there at, at peak. Of course, Wickstrom's on now, and Eli's on, and Wick, even, even Fink is on. So I'm glad that they left, and now it's down to our flock. All right, we did another Bible contradiction, although this was more of a conundrum, and it was 
And this is actually more of a conundrum in Christian identity, Jeremy, than it is in Judeo-Christian churches, because even the Judeos get it right. Um, and, and that is, what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Now, some people in CI, and they're really drawing a long bow here, as far as I can say, say it's race mixing. No, it isn't. It's saying that um, the miraculous works of Yahweh wrought through the Holy Spirit are the works of the devil. That's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And Yahshua himself clearly detailed what blasphemy of the Holy Spirit was. So there should be no room for interpretation at all. So how people take blasphemy of the Holy Spirit to be race mixing is... Uh, I just don't know how, how they're doing. There's some hermeneutical uh, gymnastics involved there, Jeremy, if I do say so myself. Yeah, I know. They take away from sometimes the simplicity that's in Christ. I can kind of understand how they make that stretch, but you know, the way they do it, in my opinion, is they point out that Adam, and we've pointed this out, was imparted with the Holy Spirit and was breathed in. And so as a result of a mamzer being, you know, interbred within an Israelite stock, they have a soulless being, and that would be blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But Christ clearly defines it. I completely agree with you. And in fact, there's more power in the simplistic, straightforward teaching in that. I think a lot of times it's muddied because that's exactly what it is, calling good evil and evil evil good. And even people in CI do this. They come along and attack the genuine pastors. You know, it's amazing. Five minutes, this guy's wrong, wrong, wrong. Now me, I'm so good. Five minutes of that, you know. It, it doesn't work. It's got to be about Yahweh's work, and that's what I think was strong. And I know this interview is going to be no different, the one with Paul Mullet, because he's about his father's business. And if people really judge the fruits, like Christ said, they should be able to see everything plainly, in my opinion. Well, race mixing doesn't have to be a sin of the Holy Spirit, sin against the Holy Spirit in order to be bad. You know, uh, it's still very bad. It's something we must never do, not even consider doing. Um, and that's why I was so forthright to that, um, that gentleman who called in earlier tonight. You know, well, I didn't want to be, be in that position, but I, I, I was forced into that position. Not, I'm not saying you forced me, Jeremy, but the fact that he was so forthright about his being part non-white. Now, if it turns around, if it turns out, Jeremy, that he gets a DNA test or something and his, his DNA, is, he gets a, DNA gets a clean bill of health, then I will gladly apologise to him on the air. However, if, if he comes on here, and I hope he doesn't come on again because I really don't want to go through that again, but if he comes on, he says that he's part non-white or part Indian, which he volunteered the, the week that, that information the week prior, then we have to say something about it. And I mean, there's just no two ways about it because that's such an important issue. So race mixing doesn't have to be a sin against the Holy Spirit in order to be a very serious sin indeed. Now, we, we did a little segment on Lilith, yeah, um, Lilith. who, who yeah. according to uh, Judeo, Judaism was a, uh, the first wife of Adam, believe it or not. Then Adam yeah. gave her the flick, and then he had it off with Eve. Or, or Satan yeah. had it off with Eve, and then Adam had it, had it off with Eve. I tell you what, it gets very confusing in the Garden of Eden. But we saw that that's all just to do with Judeo tradition, and that uh, when Isaiah refers to the screech owl, the wild beast of the island, um, and, and Lilith um, occurs in that verse. Um, what was it for a screech owl? I think screech owl, yeah. Translation of it, yeah. Um, uh, he was drawing upon the, um, the mythology of the time. He wasn't saying that um, it was a literal uh, Lilith, um, but, but he was just using the particular terminology of the time as we would use if we were composing the Bible today. We would draw upon the particular influences, cultural 
uh, folklore influences to, to bring across, to, to illustrate a point, to, to make a metaphor. And we're just looking at a metaphor here, not something that's literal. So, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that was an important segment as well, is because it kind of goes to show how men oftentimes can take one word, screech owl, which in the, in the Hebrew is Lilith, and create this whole sex goddess demiurge, you know, and and that's it. And then people follow it, and they go, hey, that makes a lot of sense. To me, it was almost blasphemous, but I did want to point out that I think that's where they get it from. And and so there is a whole mythology, but it's it's in Judaism. So CI people talking about Lilith, that's something we should probably be very weary of. Now, now fairly recently, we started up a news segment called Prophetic News Roundup. Um, we didn't do it tonight simply because we had Paul on the show. We didn't have time, but uh, you know, much better to have Paul on. And boy, didn't he do a good job of job of um, you know putting his message across? I, I was very impressed with Paul, and hope to have him on the show, and hope to be on his show. He invited us onto his show. We'll have to go on to that, Jeremy. We won't be able to turn down that uh, kind offer. But the first one of the first news stories we had for Prophetic News Roundup was MCG defends treatment of girl at centre of Adam Good scandal as family expresses anger. That was this. Adam Goods, if, if you don't recall, folks, is a, a part abo. He plays Aussie Rules football here in Melbourne, and uh, this girl was standing near the um, near the near the uh, the fence at the oval there. You know, she was in the cheer squad, I think, and she referred to him as an ape. And he got all bent out of whack over that, and he he got the cops to come down and drag her off, and they they took her in to interrogate her for two hours without a parent being present, which is against the law because she's a minor. And all this brouhaha because she called an ape an ape. That's how far our countries have fallen these days. And Jeremy, please stop screaming in the background while I'm talking. <laughs> you got to love it, man. got to love it. He's just, what he's doing is he's testifying. I can translate that. That is, I believe. Is that Josiah? Because I've got to explain to Josiah. He said some things about me and dresses, Jeremy, that hurt my feelings. Oh, I tell you what, I don't have a son named Josea, but you know what? The name's kind of cool. I might consider it for my eighth baby. Well, it's biblical, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on, Jeremy. You said eighth baby. You've got five children. <laughs> no. Are there two that we, we don't know about? No, no, that's just an old joke. Me and my brother were talking about that the other day. He, him and his wife have been together about 13 years, and he told her the other day, he said, you know, being married to you, honey, has been the best four and a half years of my life. And she's like, well, you know, we've been married this many years. And he goes, yeah, exactly what I said, the best four and a half years of my life. So I add to it because the slander loves picking up on that, saying I have so many kids. No, I've, I've only got that, six, eight, ten, that, somewhere in there, I don't know. <laughs> That reminds me of the Benny Hill joke somehow. Um, I don't know how, how it reminds me, but it does anyway. He's lying in bed, his wife's next to him. She rolls over and starts hitting him with a pillow, and she says, you're a lousy lover, you're a lousy lover. Then she rolls, rolls back on her side, goes back to sleep. Then he starts hitting her with a pillow, and he says, that's for knowing the difference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I take a lighthearted wit. 
about it. I'm kind of amazed how pretty much anything that is leaked to the Internet, because I don't give the ADL too much to write about me, is leaked through me, but it doesn't stop people from inventing things. So I'll throw things out there every now and again just for Samuelson to pick up, regurgitate, and recycle exactly how I want him to to. So there you go. When I have an eighth child, Samuelson. Now, now what, when I'm doing a particular topic, what I'll normally do is start a dedicated Microsoft doc, Word doc, for that particular item, and then I'll copy and paste it later on uh, in the OB Invisa um, document I've got, which is the biggest one of them all. Um, but um, sometimes I, I neglect to do that. So, so I'm looking at just some of these um, individual docs now, things that we haven't mentioned. We did Christ in Britain. That was one of my favourite shows. I really love doing that. And that is definitely one we'll, we, we shall be revisiting um, Oh, hopefully by the end of the year, if not early in the new year, once I get the, get the time to chuff myself off to the um, Melbourne Library and have a look at what they have on Christ in Britain. But I really enjoyed that show. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, that was really good and so pivotal. I mean, because it really not only speaks to CI and shows the importance of, you know, this uh, tradition of Glastonbury or the tradition that Christ went to Britain, but it also is far-reaching in that it will bring some British Israelites into CI. And so that was another one that I'm, I'm grateful you did. In addition to King James, uh, Queen Isabella, and the Spanish Inquisition, those were so in-depth and, and educating that it was like, I'm, you know, I'm glad you're the co-host because if it was me, it would just stay strictly scripture. <laughs> well, you you know, on, that's you all I know. I'm not really Jeremy. strong in history. I'm weak in history when it comes down to it, honestly. But you're glad that I'm the co-host, Jeremy. But remember, the only reason I got this gig was because uh, Bill DeClue, Pastor Bill DeClue, bailed out. So you know, you, you know, imagine how many listeners you would have got if you'd done it with Pastor Bill. So anyway. I'm telling you. But you know what? It's exactly like that. Sometimes Howard Stern came along and offered me a slot, and I say no. <laughs> according to my, according to Rabbi Samuelson, we were all invited to go on MTV on a CI reality show. Total garbage, total BS. But wow, that's a far stretch. Oh, I don't oh, see oh, MTV oh. having a CI show. Now, now let me get this straight. He he truly believed that you and he were in. Yes, yeah, and favor. <laughs> we're invited to go on a CI reality show. What was it going to be like, Big Brother? Do you have that in the United States? Yeah, like real world. So you're going to be locked up with Marty. Could you imagine? I wonder what yeah, he's oh, when he looks in my if he blue cooks eyes. Any if he cooks any spaghetti or asparagus, I'll tell you what, don't eat it, Jeremy, please. <laughs> I'd be riding his back to town, I'm telling you. Mash, mash, so, mush, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so he actually believed that. Where, where did he get the – I mean, the guy's a lunatic, so he just plucks these things out of thin air. But where did he get the idea that that was going to be a reality, if you pardon the pun? Yeah, I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember posting on Stormfront. <coughs> uh, hello. Wait, yeah. yeah. <coughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> don't take, don't take while remember. we're doing the show, Jeremy. Don't take while we're doing <laughs> yeah, the show. Exactly right. No, I'm sorry. If you remember <coughs> on Stormfront a few years ago, well, pretty much the whole length of Stormfront. There would be people who would hit you up in private messages in the theology section. 
and they were usually spammers, just like you get an email. And they would say, oh, hi, I'm Tiffany. I'm a college student researching, uh, quote, unquote, racial groups and racial pastors, etc." You know, what they were were trolls. They, I used to get them all the time and dismiss them. But apparently Marty got one, and it, and it was it was some troll claiming to be a representative of MTV, and they were casting a CI show. And he forwarded it to me in favor, and we were like, uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> but Marty believed it, and he, like, he went off on that. He still talks about it in some of the shows, how supposedly this happened and obviously now what seven years later it never came to be i wonder why because it never existed he fell for it well he believed george he believed kennewick man was really george takai and at the end of it he was all over the guy you know george thanks for coming on the show oh what a thrill to have a celebrity like you what a treaty. He said, let the other CI pastors eat their heart out. You had a real celebrity. And I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, even if that was the real George TK, that's not much of a celebrity. I don't think I'd go around bragging. Yeah, a jack fag. I mean, come on, Marty. You can do better than that. Well, actually, you probably can't. Anyway, well, I'm looking at some other, <clears throat> pardon me, some other shows we've done. We did The Origins of Australia. When we, when we looked at um, Celts and Kikes Down Under. That, now, that was one of my favourite shows. It was great to be speaking about my beloved Australia and making that the focus of a show. So um, we might even revisit something like that some, sometime down the track. You've got to allow me to be a little bit parochial once at a time, folks. Um, well, I definitely... The thing I remember about that particular show was the, the many parallels between Australian history, early history, and American history. So that was one of my favorites as well, because, yeah, you, you, you over there are dealing with the same exact thing over here, white guilt being pushed on our race. Uh, we also did another show on pre-existence, or another segment anyway on pre-existence. Um, we did another show on pre-Columbus America. That wasn't too long ago. And we did one on St. Patrick. Remember that, Jeremy? Yeah, St. Patrick, that was a good one. Being able to talk about those snakes that were driven out of Ireland and St. Patrick himself and, you know, his importance in history. So, yeah, I remember that one. That that actually got released officially under the Pagan Holiday series, ironically, just because it's a holiday. But St. Patrick's Day, that's a good one. I like visiting, or at least on these shows, dealing with Ireland or Glastonbury. Now, here's a document entitled, and it's all in the title here, the nefarious, that, that nefarious Nazi nincompoop Rocky O.K. Sahada. Remember that little segment we did in tribute to our beloved leader of the ANP, Rocky Sahada? Yeah, when he was MP opening home. up his ranks for non-whites and anybody who yeah. despised the Jew. Yeah, yeah. talk about a uh, program destined for failure. Whatever became of that, you figure all the Mexicans would be flooding in, signing up in groves and supporting him. Now, we also did, and this is our fa my favorite DSCI for dummies we've done, To Whom Was the Bible Written? We really nailed it that that segment, I thought. I think we presented that very well, very succinctly and very well if I do pat myself on the back. Yeah, I agree on that. And and it was important, like all of them, because, you know, if you don't know who the Bible's written to, then you don't know the players. There's no sense in even reading it. Yes, so um, to anyone who's not sure who the, to whom the Bible was written, check out that show. It was one of the best ones we ever did. 
Really good, that one. So um, that's pretty much it, Jeremy, unless you can think of some, some other stuff. It's wow. 18 past 12 here on a, a Saturday afternoon. I'll have to start making my um, pizza soon, get that set <laughs> the day prepared for that, because uh, Saturday afternoon is a very cherished time for me because I, I get to be with my beloved white queen for an hour or so, Jeremy. It's only an hour per week, but, you know, yeah, baby, yeah. You know, yeah. So uh, I really look forward to that. I hear you. I hear you. And there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with alone time. That's why a lot, a lot of the prophets did that as well. They took sabbaticals, you know, or they would take time to themselves and, you know, have their distracted. Nothing wrong with it. You gotta love it. And yeah, I love these shows. They they do become lengthy, but as a result, you know, they are listened to. And for the most part, we try to render them out on on YouTube video relatively quick. The longer ones are a little more problematic, but for the most part, all the ones we put up there are really popular. They get views there and at TalkShoe and on archive.org, which is the Library of Congress, and iTunes and everywhere we put them. So the stats are amazing as far as listenership. I'm just amazed there's not a lot, a lot of more support when you consider how many listeners there are, but that's a side issue. We're supported in so many different ways. Well, Yahweh will provide. Jeremy has done it marvelous for me recently. So, um, you know, he'll provide for you, brother. Don't you worry about that. Now, now, I was going to... I, Oh, yes, that's what we need to discuss. What are we going to talk about next week? What's today's date? It's the Today for year. me, yeah, it's the 16th of August. I oh, guess right. for you it would be the 17th. No, it isn't, Jeremy. It's the 17th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the future. Um, so, all right, so, so that means next week will be the 24, 30 days, has September, April, June, and November. So that means August has 31. Um, so next week will be 24. So that will, be, that will mean that Desert Island Versus will, won't be next week but the week after. Cause week after, yeah. And, and, and hopefully okay. next week I, I can probably get Pastor Jay Faber on. So that might work. If not, then it'll. I guess we can adjust for that. But like I said, I've spoken to him on the phone, and he agreed to be on the show. So that's good. Okay. Well, assuming that the interview only goes for an hour, it can go much longer if you if Pastor Faber is able to. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. Sorry, getting beeps again. Talk to you, Jews. <laughs> um, but. Um, yeah, if it goes longer than that, that's fine. But I'll have a few little segments up my sleeve. But if it turns out the Pastor Faber won't be doing next week's show, then let me know at least, say, two or three days in advance if possible so I can put something up in the show highlights. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I won't, I won't I put the highlights up until I hear from you. Okay, yeah, that won't be a okay. problem. And like I said, I just wanted to really get it out there that he has agreed. I don't, I'm not sure on the date, but, you know, it sounds like you've got a pretty good list of shows for the future as well, so it's not hard to do things yes, on the fly. And, and if you notice, the ones we do on the fly are good. Yeah, once I can remember that, darn, what I, it was a really good idea too, if I do say my, so myself. It was really relevant. Uh, oh, anyway, well, we've got tons to go on with. We're never going to any, have any shortage of... Um, Ideas, but also, also, um, I, I, I was hoping to do a DSCI for dummies this month. We might have to do that next month instead. Uh, it was going to be on the tribe of Dan, but I'd much rather speak to uh, Pastor Faber than do that. Not that um, doing doing a, a DSCI for dummies on Dan wouldn't be good. It would be, but um, we'll, we'll certainly do that sometime in the future. So, um, occasionally, folks, uh, maybe we might miss out on a regular segment. Uh, on a particular month, but we'll certainly catch up the next month. So fret not, there will be more DSCI for dummies. That's a promise. Anyway, Jeremy, 
I must hit the road. We've been doing this for almost three and a half hours, and I'm all, I'm all talk shoot out. So um, well, I hear I'll you. say goodbye. It's time for your pizza, Obi. Well, it's not quite time yet, but I'll have to start preparing it, and I'll have to start getting my, um, com- take my computer into to the room. A friend of mine's offered a, offered me a, a laptop, a free laptop, so I'll, I'll be able to use that when I read from the read from the notes from now on, so I won't have to lug this stupid-looking gaka into a noisy thing. And it's like it's like um, standing next to a jet engine taking off this old... <laughs> it's an old server, and it's... And, and That's how my brother-in-law's really look- computer is. Yeah, you boot it up, and it sounds like a Model T Ford firing up. <laughs> yeah, well, this is like a jet engine. It's, in the, it's housed in this really solidly built frame. It looks like it's almost bulletproof. You know, that this is the sort of things guys would take into Iraq with them, you, you know, in their Humvees. But um, but anyway, so um, that's quite a, a beast to be lugging about. But, uh, you know, it'll build me muscles up. But anyway, uh, it's great speaking with you all tonight, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. It was certainly a, 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 an eventful show, that's for sure. So um, Yahweh bless to all the Israelites. And Jeremy, I shall see you next week. Yahweh bless. Or here. Next Friday. I'll, I won't forget it. Absolutely. Thank you, Brother Obadiah. I appreciate it. No worries. Yahweh bless. Bye. Yahweh. And with that, dear kinsfolk, you heard it here. Covenant People's Radio on the Talk Shoe Radio Network. Once again, bringing you another Wednesday night Bible study. Just a brief overview at the beginning of this lengthy broadcast. We had Pastor Paul R. Mullet from the Church of Jesus Christ Christian Aryan Nations of Ohio. And, of course, he gives his details during the course of that video by telling us the URLs and uh, everything else that you need to go and contact his ministry. Also, also, I would point out that we had several callers, some of which are very enriching, and I always appreciate hearing from that. Brother Obadiah brought forth a, a study on those who have left Christian identity due to the slander and or bad names of others. That was quite edifying, although it caused a bit of division, and I definitely apologize for any of that. But I do believe the message was pertinent, just as always, because we got to run the race. We have to fight the fight. And those who will bow out just because they're hurt by calling a name, well, they're not really familiar with the promises of Christ. And one of those I dealt with in my mini-sermon, which ran no more than about 10 minutes at the begin, at the middle of this particular broadcast, where I pointed out that we will be hated, marvel not. And so... With that, I'll invite you to swing by thechristianidentityforum.net and visit Brother Obadiah's forum. There's a there's barrage of information out there. It would probably take a lifetime to read it all, but definitely visit his forum. And also swing by covenantpeoplesministry.org. Sign up for our forums and uh, you know show your fellowship that way. That's an easy way of doing things. And so... Also, look for every Wednesday night and Sunday morning fresh new pulpit sermons that have been coming out. Until next time, dear kinsfolk, this is Pastor Visser from the heart of the Dirty South once again, wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ. Amen.